ready for a thing to do. No, I, I need <clears> some water first. It gets you, gets you a little got? sippy. I got Pepsi? a little, little Diet Pepsi. Pepsi. Yeah. I like Coke, but I didn't Is it because it. it's sweeter? Huh? Because we did a whole episode about oh, that yeah, in the 80s true. podcast. I mean, no, this is the taste of a new generation is the thing, though. I heard Pepsi never changed their recipe. Yeah. Because <laughs> they won. I don't, I don't mind Pepsi. I know. Pepsi's okay. I prefer fine. a uh, cherry Pepsi. Me too. A wild cherry Pepsi. I like a wild cherry Pepsi. Yeah, that's Welcome that's to up. Pepsi Talk. Yeah, welcome to uh, Rot Your Teeth Out Television. <laughs> I prefer uh, half Sierra mist, half seltzer water with uh, lime and a lemon squeezed into it. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah of course you do, because mm-hmm. you're 90 years old. <laughs> and I would like to be served that in my rocking chair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. In a JFK rocking chair in the Oval Office. When you are presented such drink, you <laughs> only say, thank you, mother. Man, <laughs> so that game last night, I asked the Vidalia onions question. Oh, I did not, because I was like, what? Yeah, I was like, there's no way that, and then like What's six, the question? That question is what state has Vidalia onion as their, as their official, official vegetable? vegetable. Hmm. And like apparently they were telling me that this was common knowledge. I would. I was like, nah. It's not Georgia, right? It is Georgia. Okay, yeah. it's Georgia. That's weird. But why? The only national veg or state vegetable I know is the watermelon. The watermelon Oklahoma. in Oklahoma. <laughs> That's the only one I know as well. <laughs> yeah. The reason, honestly, you want to know how I got there? I followed my Paula Dean. I just remember her saying Vidalia onion, and then you just chop it up and you put it in your well, whatever. That's the yeah. only Paula Dean quote that I'll say out loud. Yeah, <laughs> that's I think it's about the only one you can say. Hey, episode fifty, we get canceled. <laughs> yeah, welcome to the cancel episode. No, that game was. I felt bad because there was a group of young people in their twenties, and they did not do good at that game. Oh because, yeah, I also had that group because <laughs> a like, different group in their twenties. Yeah, it was like. There was no young questions. Even the no. young questions was like, "Hey, what 1990s television show?" Is like, first off, that's not young. Those people are now like in almost forty. Yeah. Like, understand? Yeah, that was thirty years ago, guys. Yeah, that was thirty years ago. Yeah, understand that in the early nineties, I was five. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like, that's not a young person question anymore. That is dang near a middle aged person. Yeah, question. you're gonna have to break out the uh, early aughts. John ranked the. Uh, H2O question, the water question is what do you three? put a three? Yeah, I know. Mark, this is the question. Okay. How many hydrogen atoms are in a molecule of water? Like for real? Yeah. yeah. He ranked it this as three a ranked in difficulty. Three. three out of four in difficulty. Yeah. H2. H2O. Let me tell you, that was a uh, social. Yeah, 100% of my team got too. that. Yeah. yeah, even the dumb young people knew that. H2O. <laughs> it's H2O. Like, come on, guys. Yeah, I thought it was ranked a three. That game didn't have a lot of high-ranked questions. I did love the final, though. I just did. because it was such a good, discussable uh, final. I, well, a ton of people got mine right. but uh, got I was it right. a little less than half. Because I think I had like 11 or 12 teams. I think five Mike, got Mark, it. what was it? It was Kentucky, yeah, Texas. Yeah, put these four states in order uh, according to how many other states they border. Yeah, Kentucky, oh, Texas, Louisiana, and... Um, was it Georgia? Georgia, yeah. Oh, that one's tough. Mm. Uh, two of <laughs> I them mean, are, like... Two the of top them. and the bottom are really yeah, easy. Yeah, the and top yeah. and the bottom are The middle easy. is what's tough because one yeah. is four and one is five, and that is kind of hard to remember, but... Every one of my teams got the first and last correct. What is and this then it was from? Just the middle that greatest to least. From greatest to least. So what? Uh, Kentucky number one. Yes. From most to fewest. <laughs> there, out of so way. Most out to of less. Way. Uh, so Kentucky number one. Yeah. I go with Georgia number two. Texas is going to be number four, and I forget what the last one was. No, yeah. Texas is going to be Oklahoma. Louisiana, Arkansas. Louisiana's only so Louisiana's number the last one. Yeah, Louisiana's only bordered by three. Texas is bordered by four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Texas is like big, but Kentucky's long, and there's like lots more states there. Yep. Oh, Kentucky's like surrounded by states, and like some of them are just like (laughs) (laughs) just a little toe dip. I'm gonna get a little pinky on (laughs) you. 
I'm gonna put a little pinky toe in. <laughs> I'm just gonna put a little pinky toe in my bourbon. Just a little bourbon. dip. Mm-hmm. All right, let, let's do. Something. I'm just a small town Southern bourbon boy. <laughs> That's Kentucky, though. Mm, yeah, sure. Why not? No, Kentucky's not the South. Can okay. you believe this is a board game podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Keep this all. It's gold. Yeah. All, right. all right, let's do it then. Welcome, everybody, to episode number 50, Random Draw, a board game podcast. It is a milestone for us and for anybody, I guess. I never know. thought we'd make it. And if uh, you've listened to all 50 episodes, wow. Yeah. Sorry first, about it. Checks in the few, mail. The first few are rough. <laughs> uh, I'm your host, Daniel Mann. With me, as always, Dave Hubbard. That's me. Mark Belisle. Hey, guys. That's it. That's it. Just right. hey guys? No. Like I'm, we hit 50 and we go to hey guys. I yeah, purposely man. put uh, you last so you could say the stupid thing you want to say. Well, you know, it's episode 50. I'm turning over a new leaf. You're a geriatric I'm going through now. a real transitionary period. I've got like all this stuff going on with my hair that yeah. will be discussed at the end of the show, I'm sure. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I just thought I'd go back to the old standard. You know, it's nice sometimes just to slip on a Is that going to stay? I think maybe. I think mm. the bit has run its course. Has it, it was getting more and more tortured as it was going on. I feel like it was only work for you. I was fine with it. <laughs> I didn't have anything to do with it. I just had to make fun of the stupid thing you said. I, I just had to answer first. <laughs> yeah, Dave knows so, how to do it. I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe we'll just do like It's Your Boy one last time next time. <laughs> it's Your and Boy. Then, and then we'll just call it good. And then the, the bit will be buried forever <laughs> you have to go back in time to listen to that uh we are a board game podcast we've been around for ish, ish yeah i don't know i the longer we do this the more the longer the shows get and the less we talk about board games we throw some in there uh so episode 50 we're going to talk about three board games and mark has uh blessed us with a Talkic. Yeah, we got Talkic tonight. I heard it's positive. Yeah, I always like that it's a surprise now. Like he used to tell us in advance, yeah. and then I feel like I should do something about it. I didn't. I did, but, but like I felt like I should. I feel. Mm-hmm. I usually feel that way afterwards. Yeah, I was like, I should have prepared something. For <laughs> but now that it's secret, like I can't. Yeah. The pressure's off. I yeah. like to just spring it on you guys now. <laughs> just like a speed trap. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> Like a DUI on a Friday night. <laughs> yeah. It just sneaks up just, on you. Just suddenly sneaks, there. Just sneaks right on. No, I haven't been drinking. Like, sorry, I know you have. <laughs> All right, Mark, you Did got you hear me. this rattle of aluminum cans on the floorboard? <laughs> I haven't been drinking, sir. <laughs> no, I poured those out. Hey, this is Delaware. As long as you're the passenger, it's fine. Yep. <laughs> but if you're the only one in the car. Yeah. <laughs> it's significantly no, less fun. The trick is to jump into the passenger seat. <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> the oh, the, the driver ran off. But there's a dog here. There's a dog. <laughs> the dog is driving. Uh, all right, so let's start off this episode number 50 with a quote-unquote game. <laughs> you really hate this game. I do not like this game. We've been teasing this for uh, a couple episodes Yeah, we're going to talk about Yacht Rock. Yeah. Yacht Rock. This Yacht is Mark's Rock. game. It's from a company we like, which is... Yeah, um, it. it's a bit of a rare miss for our friends at Prospero Hall, I'd yeah. say. I know. I remember, for Mr. Prospero Hall. I know. Oh, I remember Prospero back in the day Hall. when we first heard it, we're like, wow, that's the coolest name because we thought it was one person yeah. named Prospero Hall. It was like, Hall. A, it was like kin to Arsenio Hall. Yeah. I, oh, my gosh. There it is. And I have now just chosen to believe it still is one person. Yeah. One person. I don't care what the truth is. He and or she is so busy. Yeah. Good good on them. <laughs> for real. Uh, Mark, tell us about Yacht Rock. Oh, man. So, Yacht Rock. Let me set a scene for you guys. Okay. <laughs> it's Malibu, California. Mm-hmm. The palm trees swaying in the gentle summer breeze. Mm-hmm. Sun's going down, red skies. The sweet honeyed gold sounds of AM radio pumping through your <laughs> hoopty sedan. <laughs> As you look at all the expensive houses you can't afford. Yep, that's my life. Big yeah. sunglasses galore. And you take a look to your right, 
and in a red hot cherry red convertible wearing the floppiest hat you've ever oh, seen floppiest so hat. Floppy. you see you see the voice of a generation a mr kenny loggins kenny loggins Leopard and a mr M- everywhere a mr mike Mc- michael mcdonald just <laughs> writing together writing together you they were boys put, they were you boys you didn't even put loggins and messina in the <laughs> no, same no no no, no no and they're both wearing floppy nope. hats floppy hats <laughs> so many open shirts open shirts big sunglasses big sunglasses uh, bikini briefs harmonizing as they drive down the road no, full platform. bikinis both yeah. the full bikinis <laughs> platform sandals yeah if you look at the back seat there's christopher cross back there strumming a guitar like a nerd <laughs> 12 <laughs> Is that 12 string? Oh, man. Oh, crisscross. So Yacht Rock has you stepping into this world and saying, I'm going to be the best Yacht Rocker of all time. Mm. Now, if you don't know anything about Yacht Rock, here's what I'd say. One of the best musical genres ever created. Here's what I'll say. We had an hour-long argument about what r- Yacht Rock yeah. was. We were a little confused at exactly how to narrow down Yacht yeah, and Rock. Mark yeah. had very strong opinions. Oh, I'm very strong have, opinion have and spicy. very specific rules. To what is and what was yep. not Yacht yep. Rock. Mm-hmm. Now, a Yacht Rock song has to be smooth. Yeah, but like, but it that doesn't is have also... to be soulful. <laughs> okay. So, like, could Barry Manilow be Yacht Rock? No, no Barry no, Manilow no. is not Because he rock. could be super soul smooth. <laughs> it's a specific flavor of smooth. So, oh, oh Mandy does not count. No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't think so. I would <laughs> but she not came think and so. she gave without taking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And so, then he sent her away, Mark. So give us like, give us like, who would be Yacht Rock? Oh, Michael McDonald for no, sure. No, no, no. Okay, say Yacht Rock without using Michael McDonald Let's for see. the next half hour. All right. So Christopher Cross. No, stop saying people you've said. Say as someone else. Okay. Um. Let's talk about Chris Cross. Chris Cross is Chris Yacht Cross. Rock. Mm-hmm. Bony T. <laughs> Bony T. <laughs> so like Bill Champlain, like anything. I don't know who that is. Anything either. that is produced by Quincy Jones. Okay. <laughs> I would say uh, early era Toto is very yachty. So the planes down in Africa is acceptable? No, no see, that, I don't think that's. That I don't. That's so too that, rocky. Rock. I'm so, so sorry. I would say like that might go on the boat, but I'm I'm not. I, I wouldn't love it. If I heard it on a playlist, I'd say, mm, I don't know about You're that. Like, I'm not feeling this. But like Rosanna, okay. Hold the Line. I mean, those are like really. Hold the Line's pretty rocky, though. It's a little rocky, but that's what I'm saying. Like sometimes you got to get the tempo started so, at the party. So that's See, a little I, he's taste. Not consistent. Of, yeah, so this is what a little taste of playing this game was like. <laughs> yeah. So in my experience, you know, you know who was on the same page with me was your wife, was Amber. Amber yeah, knew exactly awful. what yeah, I was talking about. Yeah, but that's not a good argument because she's married to me, so it's obvious that she doesn't have good opinions. <laughs> <laughs> Taste is terrible. Rory, Rory had some pretty hot takes too about yacht, what Yacht Rock was. I and then know. Dan and I were like, are we going to play this game? <laughs> no, it was and just then us if I could go back, Rock. I would have not. <laughs> I would have continued the conversation. So basically, what you're doing in Yacht Rock is you are working sometimes with other people, but mostly solo. Yeah. To do some duets. You could do it. You could do some duets. Like you're basically collecting suites of cards. And then you're uh, turning in those style cards and like making outfits that are going to be judged at parties by your friends, like because that's what happens in Southern California. Most of this game had nothing to do with making yacht rock. Most of it was about designing an outfit to show up to a party Mm -hmm. to listen to yacht rock together. Yeah. Yeah. The first party I went to, 
I didn't even have an album. No, <laughs> yeah, no, you were too. there. You were, <laughs> I don't think yeah. I, I think I made one album the entire day. I, I think I only made like two or I three. Like, like, I'm just gonna wear these outfits. And I never made a solo album. Like no, I was no. always, you know, like, can't be making getting together with people. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I'm a social butterfly. <laughs> but the actual gameplay social mechanic. <laughs> the actual yeah. gameplay mechanic is basically there's like a circular board in the center. It's very small. Mm-hmm. It's like the slightly bigger than a coaster. And you're putting these cards out around it in, uh, what, what is it, one stack per player? Is that right? Something like that. And then if you take one, you add more cards mm-hmm. to where you took it from. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, there's always stacks being built. And then as a stack is not taken, more cards will get added to it. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much it. Like, that's the game. You didn't have a lot of say in what cards you no, took. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing. For like, sure. I can't. If I can't make an album because there are no albums out to right. no as much as out. much as you would love to record a duet, I would lo- with listen, buddy. I'd love to be <laughs> out there crooning, but no, I can't. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna buy more sandals. Yeah, <laughs> it turns out it turns out I'm only drafting golden sandals this I, turn. I only draft clothing <laughs> items. And there's like there's a scoring mechanic. What it's like three times you basically go to a party and you get points for your mm-hmm. albums. Yeah, yeah, and, and your that, outfit, and you don't really know what's gonna be at the party. That's like a, you have a location there's like like a hidden scoring thing which doesn't help either like now i can't plan i can't get the stuff i want also i can't plan for what i want on the front of (laughs) on the front of the party it will tell you one thing about like what's going to be judged there like it'll be like it'll have like an album so You'll be like, all right. Well, I need to, if I'm if I've got albums, then I need to go here. Yeah, or like or purple have clothes, like, purple or yellow clothes, clothes, yellow or... clothes, like whatever. Like Stupid. you'll you'll know, like you'll have an idea, but you won't know how valuable those things are. And I want to say, like a couple of times, we went to a party thinking it was going to be the highest scoring thing that was on the front, right, and, it's and it like was not. Never, it was yeah. no, yeah. So was... you're that that's another stupid flaw to the game. So you, <laughs> so you're like, it shows you like, hey, you might want to have some albums, and you get there and like, nope, like gold sunglasses are the best thing you can wear. Yeah, at this you had gold thing. sunglasses they're worth five points yeah. do you have five albums also five total also five points, points. Yeah. how did you get five albums you got all of the music genres yeah, yeah. so i mean so there were there's it's basically at its very core like a set collection game where you're collecting <laughs> yeah, sets and exactly like you can turn is. in and the, the 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 one thing i will say is kind of fun and sort of reflective of the, of the flavor of the game is like there's this whole thing about duets like if you have managed to get like most of what you need to to record an album, um, you can buddy up with a partner in the style of Loggins and Messina or you know Michael McDonald and Christopher Cross, and you say, "Hey, you want to record a duet together?" Captain like we'll and sell Cap, ca- mm-hmm, <laughs> mm, not on the boat. <laughs> yeah, Mark, it's that so one. Many. One of them's a captain. Yeah, it's perfect boat. Uh, it's perfect. Anyway, so you can say, "Hey, you want to make a duet?" And then you both you both add your stuff in together, and then you basically. Uh, it, when you've matched the stuff that you need, like I don't know, a breezy guitar melody or harmonizing lyrics or whatever, I also, like it's all labeled. Yeah. And then, well, I also liked that. Uh, so, like at one point, I know Rory and I did a duet, and it had some lyrics on it, and uh-huh. so like we sang the lyrics together. Oh yeah, like little, you would with a duet, and like. I had more fun arguing about what was Yacht Rock <laughs> and singing stupid duets than I had with this actual game, yeah. Yeah. for sure. Yeah, for sure. It's it's light to the point of being... Uh, Dangerously close to not a game. Yeah, <laughs> well, in and, and, and their defense, like I think I paid $6 for this game. 
Like, yeah, you yeah. overpaid, honestly. <laughs> yeah, this, is, this should have been Rattle Battle It prices. was a Rattle Battle and a half. Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah for like a quarter of Rattle Battle game. Yeah, yeah. So, and, um, I don't know. It's just like some of the flavor stuff was kind of off too. It wasn't like. It was really know. weird. And like everything, all the clothing was wild. There was like no smooth. Like when I think of like Yacht Rock, I'm not thinking of like bikini underwear, like mm-hmm. leopard print bikini underwear. Yeah, I'm thinking of like open-breasted shirts. Open-breasted shirts. Yeah. No, maybe but- some better bottom rocking yeah, yeah, like yeah. like a little like puka necklace yeah yeah because <laughs> yeah. at one point i had like high-rise sandals yeah mm-hmm. a uh some sort of a purple banana hammock and then <laughs> and then on the top i still had like a Hawaii, an open hawaiian shirt and, and weird shiny yeah. gold sunglasses oh, none of it made sense yeah and yeah. always a fedora which didn't make sense at all no no always. but it's a good look yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so, and then, like, I don't know, the, the most interesting part was definitely, like, the recording the songs, but it was the, definitely the hardest thing to do. It was. It was hard to get the, the specific. As soon as, once we, like, after the first round and everyone understood how to make music, like, as soon as those came out, the soundscapes or whatever, mm-hmm. as yeah, soon as they came out, they were picked up by the, like, next person. Yeah. So they're never there. All you really get in this game is luck of the draw of whatever comes next to you. Like, this is very much a shuffle the deck and then you will get whatever's left to you yeah. kind yeah. of a game. I, I'm sure that they made this game thinking that people would make their own story along with the game, but, like, I don't want to. This is <laughs> <laughs> Well, what confused me is this is, like, and I know I'm going to get some pushback here, and I agree, Uh-oh. Uh-oh. but from a purely, like, making outfits and creating your own story, it had Pret-a-Porter vibes. <laughs> From a purely oh, making it Dan outfit, looks like he's ready to physically attack you. <laughs> now, the gameplay was nothing like it, and yeah. the gameplay was wildly Preda different. Because good. Yeah. <laughs> and I won't actually argue that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get it. Like, making the outfits yeah. and yeah. everything. But, but like, that kind of stuff. It's but like, yeah, but there was, like, no game to it. And that, and that mm. was the problem. Like, it had that fun little let's sing a duet let's sing a silly duet, let's make a silly outfit, but there was no substance to yeah. doing that. There's yeah. like, all right, I did it. Like, how many points did I get? Yeah, Flip random over points. the random card. <laughs> yeah. Tell me how randomly good I did. It's like a hollow Easter egg. You know what I mean? Like, where you've got, like, this thin veneer of deliciousness, but it's empty inside. No, oh, okay. and then you open it. It has a lottery ticket, and then you get excited, and then you scratch it off. Nothing. Nothing. That's you, what this you scratch it off, and it's a $10,000 winner, but then you flip it over, and it's a joke ticket. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. I've been fooled all the way around. Got me. Uh, Mark, tell me about this game. Yacht Rock. This quote-unquote This quote-unquote game. Yacht Rock was published in 2020 by Funko Games. Uh, they published Pan Am. Check a look at last episode, yeah, episode 49. We liked that one. And the art and design. We, like, we like that one. We liked yeah. that one. And the art and design was done by Prospero Hall. Uh, <laughs> little a, known fact, distant cousin to Arsenio Hall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a little effect. We will now spread. Yeah. <laughs> it is a hundred percent false in yeah. every way. Listen, don't bother looking that up. Or <laughs> don't bother. Just take our word for it. Well, yeah. we're also on the internet. Don't look it up, but post it on yeah. the internet. Tell, 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 tell all your friends. <laughs> well, that's how the internet works. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh let's rank this game, I guess. Dan, you just want to start it off. You want to give us I'll a baseline? I'll go first. <laughs> Uh, Yacht Rock, let's see. Uh, we use a scoring system, 1 to 10, not using the number 7, because the number 7 is uh, cop-out, also won't come into play. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, let's see. On a scale of 1 to 10, not using the number 7, how many uh, Michael McDonald's would I give Can't Yacht Rock? I'm going to give it... <laughs> I'm going to give it... 
three Yacht Rocks. <laughs> no, uh, three Michael three McDonald's. Michael McDonald's. <laughs> which is way too many Michael McDonald's, honestly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the idea of three Michael McDonald's? Like, I don't want to hear one Michael McDonald, <laughs> but like the Michael McDonald trio would be yeah, yeah. So like terrible. harmonizing together. Oh, <laughs> if they start, they would they would start like an acapella band. Oh, for sure. And yeah. it would be insufferable. It, so it would be it would be listenable until about 1993 when they started making weird Christian music. I, wa- <laughs> I want them to like cover songs. I want them to cover like Pitbull songs. Oh, that'd be great, <laughs> Mr. Uh, Worldwide. I'd play that. <laughs> Timber. I'd play. <laughs> I'd play that game. Yeah. Right. Uh, so uh, three out of ten. I mean, it's just not. It's not fun. Uh, Mark, <laughs> not, Fair don't do it. Listen, if you played Yacht Rock and you really like it, good on you. Hey man, like, yeah. I, this, I don't. We're care. not here to dunk on your yeah, game. Yeah, but, I don't care. Yeah. Like people like different stuff, and I'm totally fine with that. But I do not like this. Uh, Mark Yacht Rock, one to ten. Not using the number seven. How many Michael McDonalds would you give? Yacht oh Rock? yeah, I think actually there's some pretty serious issues with this game. Uh, the idea that you have to kind of make your own fun as you go. Yeah. That's a, that's a bit that's of a bummer. That's what I want I, from my board game, <laughs> from my entertainment. I right. want to make my own. And I know it's like licensed, it's like sold as a party game, but even like I've played way more entertaining party games. I'd rather just hang out at the party. Yeah, that's yeah. also the yeah. worst party I've ever been to. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I'm going to give it like a four. Like that, that seems fair. I think a four. <laughs> I like the idea of the duets. I just wish it were easier to implement because like you said, as soon as people start drafting, all the little song styles it's done yeah it's just like i said it's very it's like cotton candy man yeah it's got the veneer candy. of flavor cotton but then it just dissolves into nothingness <laughs> and then you're like a sad raccoon around a pond <laughs> oh okay. i'm making oh, visual jokes hold on <laughs> like a little raccoon with a captain's hat <laughs> uh dave yacht rock one to ten not using the number seven how many michael mcdonald's would you give yacht rock uh, this is like Michael McDonald's late career, this game. And, and so I, you mean amazing? <laughs> Interesting take, Dave. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I'm jumping on board with Mark here. I didn't hate it as much as Dan, Nobody but does. I certainly would be perfectly fine if this never was in front of me again to be played. So solid four, I'm down. Uh, let's move on to a game I actually like. Oh, a cosmic frog. Oh yeah. Oh man. Cosmic frog. This game was wild. This was a really wild game. <laughs> this game was wild. This was a very trippy psychedelic game. Yeah, and it one, could have been all of the acid, but this, I don't know. Yeah, this game, the lore and all of it, it doesn't make a bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make any sense. I it's, bet it makes sense if we had done drugs. Yeah, yeah, yeah maybe. Just a couple my, servings each. <laughs> so my favorite part. Serving side. What's the serving side of acid, please? Yeah, how many? Uh, where's the nutritional facts on this? Yeah. How many calories I'm watching my weight? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't want too many carbs. This is why I don't do mushrooms anymore. <laughs> So we talked about this while we were playing it. Cosmic Frog is is a chaotic kind of take that game. Oh, it it's so trolly. But it's like one of those games where you're going to get messed with and you're going to mess with everybody because oh, yeah. that is the game. So yeah. you can't even be mad when you do get messed yeah. with. You're just like, I would okay. say I would say you give as much as you Absolutely. get. Oh, yeah. And yeah. then even with your power, you'll have a power that like is better or worse or trolly or not. Mm-hmm. But then it changes like five, seven times during the it, game. It's, it's so, uh, <laughs> Mark, do your best to describe Cosmic okay. Frog. <laughs> so there's no scene setting for this one. This one, you just play a two mile high frog whose whole deal is like you were created by gods who are developing their own pocket dimensions so as a frog 
as a frog, <laughs> your job is to get out there into the universe yeah. and then swallow bits of terrain that you would then, you know, we will say uh, disgorge into your <laughs> secret vault, yeah. your, your secret vault. <laughs> oh, it's my secret. I oh. put a hot plains in my secret vault. <laughs> oh, that, if that, if, tell me, is that a little swamp in oh, your oh, secret vault? Oh, 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 is it getting a little swamp. musty in your oh, secret vault? it's musty in here, my secret swamp. <laughs> oh, I like it so much. So anyway. <laughs> I hate it. So that's I what this it. game's about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you basically are out there hopping around, collecting terrain, and then keeping it in your gullet until it's time to put it in your vault. And then you have to risk going into the aether. You go into the aether and someone tries to physically remove it yes. from your body. So, and also tries to yeah. knock you into another dimension. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Literally, you get knocked into another when dimension. You, when you just say these things, that sounds so stupid. And it is. It is. And it is. <laughs> it's, here's what I will say. I've never heard any of this in another board game. Ever. No, 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 no. no it and, is. It's, so stru- it's so wildly and, original. Right. And it's so insane and it totally fits yeah. with everything. <laughs> like it's such a unified vision. Even yeah. like reading through the rule book and stuff like that, there's like a whole lore page. <laughs> man, I, I need more of this sweet flavor. Yeah, so oh yeah, many, it's wild, so man. I, I would used. tell you about it, but I don't understand any of it. So <laughs> that's because you did zero servings yeah. of drugs. So basically, uh the way the game functions is you are all like little frogs and you're on this huge it's called the shard. Uh, it's basically covered in terrain. Uh, and so the way actions take place in the game is you get a number of actions equal to the number of players in the game, right? So if there's like six players, you're all going to get four actions around. You take those actions, you shuffle them up into a deck, and then at that point, everything's completely randomized. And this is wild. Yeah. Yeah, you can get f- like our very first round, I think Rory got like three of his four actions like right away. And then he got his fourth action like two or three actions later. Yeah, and yeah. so he was, then he was like at our <laughs> mercy <laughs> for the remainder like of the turn. Not even uh, one third of the way through everyone's actions and Rory is done for the whole yeah. round. Yeah. And, and we all just know like, it. And we're just like, oh man, I guess, uh, guess, I guess I'll attack I'll Rory. Of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess <laughs> I'm going to try to literally then. knock him into another dimension. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey Rory, yeah. enjoy the outer dimension. So I see you got a real tasty vault there. And that's <laughs> like truly the essence of the chaos in the game like there yeah. are so much so many randomized events that happen you could have a general plan but then once that once it starts to happen like i mean all bets are off oh yeah, yeah. i found it best to not have a general right. plan yeah like you and have like, to be it's you have to be very opportunistic the, in the, things the you scoring in this game is all about how you set your terrain tiles inside your vault yeah mm-hmm. but that doesn't matter because what happens is you get sucked <laughs> into the outer void like so what happens is you you finally get to a point where you set up and you're like oh man i got like i got like 15 18 points in my yeah. vault like i'm doing really well and then one person hits you into the ether and then another person boots you in the outer void, <laughs> and then a third person's like i see this tasty yeah. unguarded vault you've left yeah. behind and then they're like oh uh which of those tiles gives you the yeah. most points and then yeah. they pluck out of the center and your whole scheme is gone because it went from like 17 to like yeah. five points yeah as soon as someone goes in the aether everyone's like whoa oh well, hello <laughs> yeah. time yeah. to eat your vault um or- have you guys ever seen uh the video of the angry squeaking frog yes I think so. Oh, yeah. I'll include it in the show notes this week. But that's how I feel like is like as soon as somebody ends up in the aether, it's just the other five frogs making that sound where it's like, ee. 
Yeah. Like the, you just because it's funny. Like I could be attacking Dave on land, yeah. and then like Amber knocks Rory off into the aether, and then I don't care about Dave any longer, <laughs> right? Because I'm like, oh my gosh, oh my like, god, this dude's just out there. Yeah, I'm gonna get him. And there's so many interesting things, like uh, other ways of randomizing the action. Like you have what are called aether fluxes, mm. where it's just like a huge like cosmic flux that happens. And your frog like mutates. And so the power that you thought you had, you end up getting a new power. Right. Or yeah. you can pay your oomph, which is like special uh, like special energy. resource. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you get like extra actions using oomph. You can jump further, you can do extra stuff, you can use your special powers, or you can like, you know, use it to do things like, I don't know, uh, resist mutations if you've got a cool yeah. Like a cool thing going. Yeah. You know what doesn't resist a mutation? Me booting you into the outer dimension. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Guess who's getting a different power? Get rid mm-hmm. of that power. Well, and that was one of the awesome balancing things, too. Like, if anyone started to get too far ahead or if someone had a really good power that we didn't like, everyone just sort of tried their best to boot them yeah. in the yeah. outer dimension. Yeah. See you yeah. later. You have to work yeah. as a team in, a, in some ways. And and, then, go ahead. Well, we <laughs> there was a little rules misunderstanding. Oh, there were, yeah. Yeah. Here's what I will say. The... Yeah. The rule book is extremely dense, and I would just say like read through it a couple of times right. because give we, yourself I, like a single player playthrough. Yeah, where you play I, a bunch I of definitely rocks. like did a couple rules completely wrong, which would have absolutely changed like a, the texture of so, some of the game. Well, we yeah. played we played back to back, so we played the first time, and then we realized some rule errors, and we played again, and then we realized, realized some, some more, more rule errors. errors. <laughs> but but like by the end, it it was fine. We had worked out the kinks, and mm-hmm. I gotta say, even when with the rule mess ups, like it didn't ruin the game at no, all. I was still no, having a blast. No. And it's like the little stuff too, like making sure you remember, like when you attack a frog, like you take stuff out of their gullet, right? It's, 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 it's a little finicky like some of the stuff it's a little, a little fiddly and like the raid rules are like a thing i didn't really care for yeah um like for example if you decide to raid someone's vault you have to declare a point value of lands that you're trying to steal rather than just uh i'm gonna try to like roll some dice and steal their steal lands some, yeah. So, yeah so it's like you're kind of having to bid because the more the more you bid the more you have to beat and it's a little finicky I don't think it like works really well in the context of the game because then everyone has to stop and sort of like, okay, well, how much is a swamp worth? Right. How much is a lake it worth? It kind of yeah. brings everything to a halt. Yeah. And there's not a lot of downtime because you never know when it's going to be your turn. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. And also, like, you're kind of paying attention because it's all sort of silly and funny. <laughs> so yeah. It's, yeah. It's like wacky. But uh, yeah, a lot of times you're either getting attacked or you're attacking, you're attacking <laughs> or like you're praying that nobody sees that you're in the aether. <laughs> <laughs> trying to hide yeah. your frog somewhere. Right. Yeah, like, no, no. What's under that? Like, nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Absolutely nothing's under it. The other thing is, too, like, there's these beautiful events called splinter strikes that are a lot of fun Uh, basically it's like a giant comet that just hits the shard of terrain that you're on yeah these gods didn't create a good pocket dimension no no though that's why you're going out and you're getting them delicious Uh, you're getting them private what is this the grassland (laughs) (laughs) put that inside me for later yeah i'm gonna put this one deep inside my thumb thumb for later this one's going all the way to the bottom baby it's gonna be if you eat too much stuff you it comes out the the back yeah you definitely you definitely accidentally poop out an entire world and it's not great for anybody um (laughs) Poops out miles and miles of mountains. I mean, just the whole gullet system is so fun because you have to strategically decide, okay, well, what am I going to swallow? Because that's going to be at the bottom. And therefore, when I 
throw all of this up into my secret vault. It's it's going to be like the last thing that comes up. And also, it, that's a very not secret vault because the second you're in the void, everyone knows exactly it. where it is. <laughs> the vault door is wide open. It's yeah. more like a guarded vault. And, and, the, and the more stuff that's in your gullet, the less you can move. So yeah, you're like is, way down, yeah. which is kind of cool. Which is very cool. Like, yeah, if you're completely full up, you can't like use move at all. You have to use oomph to leap. Because <laughs> you're so. It's like after you've got a little heave ho. It's after a golden corral visit. <laughs> yeah, you're all full on Bourbon uh, Street chicken. You had to make, your, make another loop in your belt. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you were a fool from the chocolate fountain. Uh, I ate the <laughs> whole keep, chocolate fountain. They keep digging that bell, and the fresh rolls come out. Yeah. And you're like, oh, yeah. I couldn't have another. <laughs> So, I mean, there's just so much originality in this game. And the arts, I would say the art's fantastic yeah, as well. It's, it's like the rest of the game. It's a wild art style. A, yeah. lot, of, a lot of psychedelic stuff. Yeah. The, Which makes sense. The, Which makes sense. The I powers are all pretty varied. And, like, a couple of them feel a little stronger than others. Yeah. But, I mean, you're going to have that, I think, in any game. Well, and like we said, like, they switch around the whole game. Like, mm-hmm. you might start with a power that you don't love. But then later in the game, mm-hmm. you'll have a completely different power. Yeah. And yeah. oftentimes one that someone else had at the start of the game. Yeah. Because uh-huh. there's not uh-huh. a ton of powers. There's But they cycle through. So you're going to oh, see yeah. them all. Yeah, yeah. And, like, there's, like, the vampire power that whoever got the vampire power, like, you want them to not have the vampire yeah. power. They're, 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 they're target number one. <laughs> yeah. They're going to get kicked into the... Well, the outer yeah. dimension and that's the possible. thing so like here's a person who gets what we consider the best power in the game and then the next thing you know all three other frogs are just yeah like i can't them. i can't have that like, yeah because yeah. the, the vampire power you're stealing other people's oomph while you use yours mm-hmm. so it's like a continuous filter for mm-hmm. it nobody's so, so annoying to no, everyone else yes, yeah so annoying <laughs> and it's like you don't have to be next to him you could just be like i i use some all right dave i want to take that one yeah. you're just like oh, okay oh, all, right. okay. all right, you'll pay for that yeah, yeah. Pay. I, I can't wait for my action yeah i so I both liked and didn't like the way that actions took place. I thought it was very interesting. It was very unique. But sometimes it would lead to a ton of downtime or a ton of like, come on. Like, yeah. I, am I even going to get to go? And then at the end of the game, this game just hard ends. Yeah. yeah, that's like, my biggest hard complaint. stops. And I wish that it was you play out the rest of the round. Yeah. Because once again, and this is a pet peeve I've always had with games. Everyone should have the same number of turns. Mm -hmm. And depending on how this game ends, you could have someone that did not get a single one of their turns while another frog got all four of their actions. Yeah, be better. The <laughs> yeah, choose to be better at this randomized yeah. action. Deck. And it, I mean, for as fun as like the randomized end is, like it's. I would say that we we played on standard length, and it always felt like it ended way too soon. Way yeah. too soon and, like, out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, uh, the way the game ends is basically every time you have a splinter strike, you have this comet hit the shard. And if you hit a fracture point, the little mat that you play on is full of these little hexes. And this is another down thing about the game is that you have to put out uh, oh, 64 of these little hexes. Yeah. <laughs> Setup's a bit of a disaster, too. But if you have a, a group of people, it's not that bad. Well, in... Sorry to cut you off, but oh, like okay. the original setup, like you go around and each person individually sets one thing out. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, the second time we're like, let's just put these out. Yeah, like, I yeah. don't care. Just I'm not going to have a strategy out. at this. Yeah. Like, we know that there's no strategy. <laughs> exactly. This game is wild. Like when the splinter strikes happen, if you flip over a uh, like a, a fracture, tile. it's like a fracture tile. That goes up on this counter. So after six fractures, the game ends immediately. Yeah. yeah. And it doesn't matter like if you're mid turn or not. The mm-hmm. second that splinter strike happens and you uncover another fracture, a fracture, like that's it. And yeah. technically, the game can end if all the tiles are gone. The, yeah, but I mean, I don't see that happening. <laughs> yeah, 
I mean, I'm, t- I'm too busy trying to take the tiles that are in your vault. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't need, need these tiles. tiles. <laughs> there's tiles over there. I see there's, them in your belly. There's tiles in your tummy right now. <laughs> Those are better. Those are better. Yeah, yeah. You've already done the hard work of harvesting them. Yeah. Like it's it's a much easier thing for me to just steal three of yours than to I, harvest I, one of I my wonder, own. I wonder if that's like a flaw in the way we play. Like if people are out there just like harvesting their own tiles and not yeah. messing with each other. Well, it's so funny yeah. because like certain powers definitely like sort of encourage a more passive experience. Oh I mean, yeah. You think like the camouflage. Yeah. Like where you're just like oh just gonna be real oh, Don't mind me. I'm don't just mind me. This, uh, I'm just gonna, yeah. Well, and there's <laughs> powers that like help you harvest better. Uh-huh. There's uh-huh. Powers that let you get stuff in your vault easier. And like there's all sorts of other powers, but we just tend toward powers yeah. that were my power was you, like kick you into the outer void like oh dave ate one thing i better get him yeah <laughs> i can't have dave getting well, three points I, in this game now i'm behind <laughs> i can't have dave getting three points that i will then take out of his yeah, yeah. I, no, I need them now <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I would say like as a unified package this game is like such a refreshing i've never played anything like it. it's so unique it's, it's really it's unique. really unique it's it's like i said it can be kind of obtuse because some of the rules are weird and yeah. Some of the the gameplay decisions I don't really love, like the rating of the vaults and that kind of stuff. Yeah, this but. is not a uh, entry level game. At, no, because because of, of how finicky some of the stuff is. Yeah, and some of the phrasing in the, the the rule book is a little confusing too. Like, what is a turn? Like, yeah. what was it a round or a turn? Oh, you know what I mean? Like, there's a, oh, there yeah. was a discussion about the that. outer dimensions, which we didn't even touch on. But no, you get knocked into the outer dimensions, and then your little frog has to hop back while you're uh, while everyone else is <laughs> while everyone is vault. raiding your vault. But at the same time, like whenever your card comes up. You're holding on to that action. So you keep that so action. So you're not losing later. actions because when you get back to the board, you're going to have as many actions lined as up as you, you can. Yeah, so you could come back and take four actions mm-hmm. if you have that many. Yeah, but, and then yeah. Every, every... But you also have most likely lost everything yeah. you've done. Yeah, yeah. Well, stuff yeah, in you your vault's gone. I do love the idea of just coming down and like raining bloody revenge yeah. on, all the, so angry. on the That's usurper frogs. <laughs> on the usurper frogs that have betrayed you. Yeah, I think yeah. It, it does some brand new mechanics in some really interesting ways but unfortunately the downside of doing a lot of brand new things is sometimes yeah. they don't all work not together. everything works yeah. yeah and some of this works brilliantly and some of it i think just doesn't quite work as well but either way the package as a whole i had a lot of fun and tons like at the fun. end of the day mm-hmm. the point of a game is to yeah, have fun with your friends of fun. yeah yeah some of it was weird and and some of the rules we didn't quite understand why they were the way that they were yeah but like you said in the way in the end it was it was a blast. Yeah, I had yeah. fun. I mean, the so sum wild. the sum is greater than the weird constituent parts. For sure. Oh yeah, and like the winner of this game in in a, actually a little Munchkins esque way, the winner of this game is just the person who got rated not recently. Yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, that is it. Like the, when the game comes to a hard end, it is just the person who didn't get rated recently. Yeah, yeah. Wins. absolutely, yeah. for sure. Uh, Mark, tell us about Cosmic Frog. Cosmic Frog was published in 2020 by Devious Weasel Games. <laughs> fun. <laughs> Super fun name. <laughs> I love the name. I also like the idea of like him and Prospero Hall going out for lunch. Oh, Devious Weasel. Yeah. Devious Weasel. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a really bad supervillain duo. Yeah. Prospero it's, Hall and Devious Weasel. No, that's the new duo for a yacht rock band right it there. Sounds like, mm. It sounds like a really bad like Hall early night. Early '90s ska band. <laughs> yeah. Devious Weasel. Devious Weasel. Yeah. Weasel? yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. Big Bad Voodoo pick Daddy. It up, pick it up. Pick it up. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Devious Weasel also published Zimby Mojo. Okay. Um, the design was done by okay. Jim Felly. Uh, Jim Felly apparently is known for like these kind of really original sort of 
offbeat games is what I'd say. Okay. I've read I'll a, give him that. Yeah. I've played one of his games. And, and I it, was say offbeat. it was offbeat. Yeah. <laughs> it's original. So, um, I'm actually looking forward to trying out some more of uh, Jim Felly's games because they all seem pretty rad. Uh, he also designed uh, Zimby Mojo as well. Uh, the art team was Tim Barton, Jim Felly, Chad Hoverter. Hoverter. <laughs> Hoverter. Let's oh, go Hoverter. Sure. <laughs> Jim <laughs> Naomi Robinson and Tani Petit. Those are Tommy your... Petit. Tani. T A N I. Oh. I want that to be a massive man. Oh my gosh, Tommy Petit. Yeah, <laughs> like Kingpin. Yeah, it's one of those like you know this is tiny. Yeah. Oh, that's Tommy Petit. <laughs> that's Tommy Petit. Oh, that's my boy Tommy Petit. <laughs> and then you just see an elephant. Get out of here, Tommy Get Petit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Sopranos, notorious Sopranos character, <laughs> Tommy Petit. <laughs> hey, hung out with uh, Johnny Tightlips, right? Johnny Tightlips. Yeah, yeah. Johnny Tightlips, yeah. did you see who shot you? I see a lot of things. <laughs> I see a lot of things. That's, uh, that's pretty solid. Uh, Cosmic Frog. Let's rate Cosmic Frog 1 to 10, not using the number 7. How many orders of drugs would you... <laughs> how many servings? How many servings of drugs would you give Cosmic Frog Mark? One to ten, not using the Ooh, number seven. Ooh, man. So... It's your game. You you pick it. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with nine servings of drugs. Uh, <laughs> so many drugs. So many servings of drugs. I don't think my heart could take no, that. That's yeah. a bad amount. I think there are some rules that I don't really love, like the rating. I wish the rule book was a little less obtuse sometimes. Like, and that could just be me. I'm not the great learn. I'm not the greatest at learning games. We, we figured that out recently. Yeah, uh, I like uh, always <laughs> teaching at least one rule wrong when I'm teaching games. Yeah, and at it's least. always a big one. It's, yeah. a, it's a it's a bit of my mo. But I mean, as a unified, unique thing that uh, I would say, like real game experience. Like, sure. yeah, it's it's a trip, man. And <laughs> it's nine servings of drugs. Nine to you. You're and gonna trip. <laughs> if if it's like if it's off putting, that's only because uh, they really decided to do something wildly different. And yeah. so I'm always going to award like creativity and originality, even if it doesn't always work flawlessly. Uh, yeah, so give me a nine. Uh, I will say I think we talked about it. Uh, this game feels a lot like Terror Below, which we reviewed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where it's super it. trolly. Yeah, and like bad stuff happens to you, but you don't get mad at it. Yeah, you don't care. You're just like, yeah. okay, yeah. that makes okay. sense. Uh, whereas yeah. sometimes like super trolly stuff happens, and then you get real mad about it. Well, I think it's the type of game too, right? If you're playing a game where it's like super strategic, and someone's just being a troll, yeah. then you're like, come on, man, I worked forever <laughs> to build this up. Whereas this game is just wild. Like, yeah. there's no strategy. I don't know. I ate some stuff. I punched Dave. <laughs> like, you I took it. I, yeah, I yeah. jumped down from the from the outer dimension. <laughs> yeah. I landed on Dan's head. Yeah. I booted him into the outer dimension. I, I slipstreamed from <laughs> yeah. one fra- part of the shard across the aether, landed on a frog's head, and then knocked him into the outer yeah. dimension. Yeah, because like, it was great. Some games, like, I wouldn't want to see you get mad, but you're just, like, annoyed. Like, oh, come on, man. Like, yeah. yeah. I just spent six rounds putting that together. It's like the but difference, in this, you're like, I don't know. It's like the difference between Arcadia Quest and Cosmic Frog. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't feel it. I don't have that. Same yeah, I know. I know. That, that, that seems to be a me thing. Yeah, but. I, I, I'm fine getting attacked in Arcadia. <laughs> uh, Dave, Cosmic Frog, one to ten, not using number seven. How many servings of drugs would you give Cosmic Frog? <laughs> I feel like there's a so there's a website called uh, GetDrunkNotFat.com, and, <laughs> and it ranks all of the alcohols by like how caloric they are. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, now I want a website called GetHighNotFat.com. Not <laughs> So Hold that on. way I know how high can I get, but not gain weight. I, Ma- I'm gonna go. <laughs> Math is your answer. <laughs> yeah, bingo. I'm gonna go with an eight on this one. I really enjoyed this game. I had a lot of fun. That is a very good score. But I do think, unfortunately, it has some uh, real serious flaws to it. 
But these flaws were so original and unique that I don't want to bash it too hard. And I had a lot of fun. Eight for me. Uh, Dan, Cosmic Frog, one to ten, not using the number seven. How many servings of drugs would you give this? I'm going to say eight also. Uh, I would play this game any day of the week. And I would have a ton of t- fun doing it every time because it's just so wild. And uh, it's funny because a lot of games we play, like Amber will win the first game because she pays attention to the rules. Yeah, and we don't. and we talk <laughs> and we try to make the person telling the rules screw up. So yeah. like, and then Dave wins a lot too. But this game is like, if you're bad at strategy, like this is the game for you because it's so <laughs> it's like so wild. You can't strategize. Well, and you, there's also no strategy because the way turns work. It's mm-hmm. not like yeah. you're sitting there going, okay, well after Mark's turn and Dan's turn, they should be within you know two spaces of me right. so i'll no you could not go for the next seven turns yeah there's like no ideal move because the board's gonna be so different by the time it's yeah, your turn and to you go have no idea when that's gonna be yeah you could be the last card in the deck and you're just waiting and who knows what's gonna be around <laughs> yep. at that point mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. so eight again i had a ton of fun i don't fault them too much for trying new things and then not working like i don't have a huge problem with that it's when you try the stuff that's been around forever and it doesn't work that's more of yeah. an issue for yeah. me yeah like if, like if you screws up worker placement yeah or like you yeah. know how it works <laughs> If, you're, if your card draft mechanic is super jank, <laughs> yeah. like, it's, it's way less forgiving. Oh, for you sure. have to draft a card, but then pass that card across the table and then return it back to your deck three rounds from now. Like, no, I don't want that. I don't want that. I don't want that. <laughs> no, thank you, sir. Yeah, no. I also like when games have mechanics where they're like, okay, and then take the discard pile and then flip it over. Do not shuffle it. That's not going to matter to me. Yeah, I I'm for not, sure don't remember the I'm order of those remember cards. That. Are you mm-hmm. crazy? Mm-hmm. I don't remember what I played last yeah. round. <laughs> Uh, our final game of the evening, a game that's been around for a little bit, right? Oh, long time. Long little long bit. Long time. One could say 20 years. Really? <laughs> 20 I didn't years. realize it was that old. I, yeah. was here, we are, here we are reviewing 20-year-old <laughs> This games. might be like one of the oldest games we've ever reviewed. It's no Yacht Rock. Uh, <laughs> so, I can't wait, wait for our hot take on chess. <laughs> yeah. Uh, welcome to Go Radio. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we, we played Chinatown. 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 Which we are told... Is terrible. Oh, well, yeah. We, okay, yeah. <laughs> Friend of the show, Ray, Ray said he did not like Chinatown one bit. In so fact, played, when I mentioned I bought it, he yeah. said, "You, I wish you'd have told me I would have given you my copy. Right, I is, also wish that, because that game is fun. Yeah, <laughs> Take that, Ray. Eat it, Ray. So we played Lords of Vegas. That's where this came up. Yeah, so yeah, Lords yeah. of Vegas and Chinatown are pretty uh, similar. They have yeah. similar. Cut, cut from similar cloth. Yeah, for sure. Go ahead, Mark. Tell us uh, no, about it. Uh, Dave, do it. Dave, you do it. I played this game one time and I didn't read the rule book. So here we go. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, this, great. this game has. So you no- are in Chinatown. Yeah. So you are in Chinatown and each of you are sort of real estate developers in Chinatown. Yeah. Oh, okay. And one of the things I really like about this game to start off with is reaching your hand in a bag. You reach, oh, yeah. yeah there's a lot, lot of bag reaching. A lot of bag action. So there's this really nice, just this, it's felt mm-hmm. and it's soft. It's like the nicest felt. Mm-hmm. Too. And then uh-huh. inside of it, and it's black, can't see through it at all. And then inside of it, uh, you get your hand in there, and these are just these nice thick cardboard tokens. Mm-hmm. Like they're a, chunky boys. Yeah, they're yeah. they're good yeah. quality. They're I businesses. Really, well, if I'm gonna reach my hand in a bag, what I don't want is a thin cardboard that's gonna get all floppy from my hand sweat. Because <laughs> my hands are gonna be sweaty. Yeah, they're gonna be all weird and moist. So. I, <laughs> I don't need that on thin card. Why are they so wet? I don't know. (laughs) That's not Uh, important. I don't know. Nervous. (laughs) (laughs) Nervous about signing all these mortgages in Chinatown. (laughs) 
So uh, you go ahead and pick your hands out of this bag, and these are going to be different sorts of establishments, whether they're jewelry shops or uh, unique rare fish shops. Laundromats. Or restaurants. Or mm-hmm. There's a ton of different types of shops that can be here. Each shop has a number on it. The numbers range from three to six, mm-hmm. and that is how many shops you need to have orthogonally adjacent to finish that shop. As complete it. Have it one completed One completed shop. business. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, it'll generate yeah. some profit while you're still building it. Yeah, because I guess you're, you're like the... selling the yeah. copper from inside. <laughs> selling no. the pipe. No, I assume you have like some of the tropical fish like up front. And then there's just this like plastic sheet yeah. in the back with yeah. under construction written across oh, sorry it. sorry for yeah. our mess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse the dust. <laughs> so... You're also picking cards every round. Mm-hmm. These cards are going to keep a couple, give a couple back uh, to discard pile. And that changes as the game goes on how much of those happen. But these will dictate what properties you have the rights to just develop. Like, just, in like yeah. just like real yeah. life. Just like real life. Just a you randomly, randomly assigned. Randomly assigned to yeah. property. <laughs> God, I wish. <laughs> so, so my favorite and the thing that makes this game fun is that all of these properties, all of these establishments, and all of the money that that generates, all negotiable. Yep. You trade mm-hmm. all that. So you're sitting there, and I'm looking over, and Kira played with us. This game's mm-hmm. not overly complex at all. Nope. And so if you're sitting there, and I'm like, oh, man, Kira, I see you need a rare fish shop, and I really like that property that happens to be right next to one of my properties. <laughs> <laughs> Let's uh, make a little deal. And then at that point, we will haggle. She'll be like, well, I mean, that property is more valuable than just that fish shop. So I'll give it to you if you give me the fish shop and $20,000. And so, like, you're constantly negotiating. Mm-hmm. And that, of course, I mean, if you've listened to our review of Sidero Confluence, Love like, negotiate. we are yep. all about a good negotiation. Yeah. If I can negotiate, I'm kind of in already. And, yeah, and for so, like, sure. as Mark was describing the rules to us, when he first started describing it, I was like, eh, like, this game seems perfectly fine, a little Lords of Vegas. Like, and then suddenly he was like, also, every Everything is up for negotiation. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, now maybe I'm into this. We'll see how it goes. And then as we proceeded to play this game, like you have to constantly negotiate. Yeah. Oh, like yeah, this yeah. game is designed so that you cannot try to solo this game. Yeah. The chances of you I mean, accidentally. You it's going to be a real bummer. <laughs> yeah. You're going to lose yeah. real badly. The chances of you accidentally getting all of the lots that you needed. And the establishments you needed yeah. are, are basically zero. Yeah. Yeah. You will have a bad time if you're, you're going to have oh, just yeah. a bunch of like this. individual plots mm-hmm. around the board. And mm-hmm. it's going to mess with other people. <laughs> but it, you're going to lose this oh, game. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that. That is it. Yes. Like I, I've the, described the whole game. Like these rules were really simple. Super easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, really, we are such a fan of like trading and negotiating mm-hmm. like styles of games. Well, the more I can trade you anything that is in front of me, the more I like a game a you, lot of times. Yeah. You know what's so funny too is I love these games. I'm willing to sit down and negotiate. And if I went to a real life yard sale and someone said something's five dollars, I'm going to give that person five dollars. <laughs> <laughs> like I will not negotiate in right. person. You're not gonna offer them a steak in your fish shop. Like I yeah. just can't negotiate in person, but like in this game, like I'm all in. Oh, well, yeah. mainly because the stuff's not and real. That, but. That's like the really super interesting part of this game is like there's this clear push pull between cooperation in competition. Oh yeah. Right. Because like you are like the winner is the person who has the most money at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. That is how you win. But also like you don't generate money without working with other people. Right. There's an interesting balance that happens where you like, all right, well I need to do good on a deal 
but like I don't want the other person to realize how much better I'm doing at a deal oh, than yeah. they are. Right. Yeah. But here's the thing, like all of the information in this game is generally public knowledge. Yeah. About the only thing that people don't know is you can keep your money secret, but mm -hmm. the thing is they see how much you're getting every round. Right? Yeah. Like, so you can only keep it secret ish. Yeah. yeah. If once someone starts getting a lot of money each round, they are gonna get less deals made with them. Yep. Because yeah. Because it's just like, well I can't make deals. You're already getting two hundred grand around. Mm -hmm. I can't do a deal with you. Yeah. And especially if I can get the same, at least similar deal with someone else for cheaper, like mm -hmm. or the same price, or even more expensive. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna do it with someone else. Like, yeah, it's, it's very interesting as far as that whole thing goes. Right. And one of the critiques I've I've like kind of run into this game a whole lot is that the end of the game is kind of like you just kind of game it out, and then you're like, okay, well, this is only gonna get me agreed two hundred thousand right. dollars, and if I give you like more than this number, like it's it not profitable. I, that exact thing happened our last round yeah, yeah, too. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. we all just sort of realized I'm only willing to make certain deals because, well, it's one round left of money generation, yeah. and this is only going to net me ten grand or whatever, mm -hmm. right. and that's the tiniest denomination you can get. So I'm not going to make a deal for it, just right? Like real life. Right. So the <laughs> magic, the, the magic kind of runs out a little bit at the game. Like, but I mean, as far as just like. Oh, we're going to do deals. Yeah. This, <laughs> this game was, I love it, man. This game is super, super fun until the second to last round. And then that's when it goes downhill for me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because that's when you start to do that in your head. You start to go, maybe this you. will only generate two more turns of mm -hmm. revenue. Maybe, and like maybe don't do it then. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe don't do it. Don't just do be that. like me and just have it be a surprise and yeah. end up in last. Like, that, that's <laughs> don't, my experience. Don't have any idea how much money you have. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> I, have a, I have an idea, like, but I don't I don't know for sure. But know? like <laughs> as much as that is unfortunately how the game ends for me, the rest of the game to get there, a so, blast. So fun. Mm -hmm. I, so much fun. It's so cool. Like I love getting like lot number. And then the other thing is too, you can only keep so many lots per right. round. So like for you, it's like a balancing act of like, okay. This one's maybe potentially profitable for me, or do I sacrifice this one and get something that I know Dave is going to want? Oh, yeah, because I for sure <laughs> would keep certain lot numbers I got yeah. dealt because I knew, like, oh, man, that's sitting right next to Dan's yeah. fiber mm -hmm. over there, and he's got six things on it. And, and yeah, even, Oh, yeah, that's what – the amount of times I got stuff that helped me was so minimal oh, compared to here. the amount of <laughs> stuff like, I got you could for someone for else. Stuff. Yeah. yeah, and so the other thing is, too, is, like – like if you just decide to camp out someplace on the board with like a lot of real estate, that happened to Dave in our game mm -hmm. where he was like, I'm just going to put a random shop here. Oh, and yeah. then from that point on, like he had an anchor in a whole huge neighborhood that he slowly built into like a, an empire. And it's really cool to watch that happen for other people. God knows it didn't happen to me. No. So I can only assume it's cool <laughs> if it happens to you. And, and I, I is, tried that and I didn't get the, those pieces <laughs> didn't come out until like round six. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, OK, it's too late to develop this now. Yeah. And yeah. even in that case, though, like I didn't get dealt those cards. Like right. I made deals for all of that real estate that mm -hmm. surrounded that one piece I had. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's really interesting. The components are good, except for the money. Uh, and big com complaint component, about the money. Component-wise, the money's fine. Like, oh, it's yeah. made of good material. Sure. Yeah. But, it's but it like, all looks the same. It all looks the same other than the numbers, and the numbers are kind of small. And I understand that you want the money to look the same so people can't tell how much money you have, but I make guess. make it look the same on the yeah. back. Make it look the same the on the back. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, make a different colors or something on the front or, yeah. or anything. Make the numbers bigger. Like And because they're in mm -hmm. denominations of 10,000, and then a hundred thousand. Yeah. Like it's, I almost handed over a hundred thousand dollar bill a couple of times. Yeah. I would yeah. have taken it. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have said a word. Bummer. <laughs> oh no. At one point I realized that I uh, had made change. I had gotten like put in five, 10,000s for a 500,000. Mm -hmm. 
uh, or for whoa, fifty thousand. Wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. Well, but one of them was a hundred thousand, so I actually gave one hundred and forty thousand for a fifty. Thousand. <laughs> That's a good deal. I was like, no, no, no. Yeah, I need that back. Actually, <laughs> yeah, it, it it is fun. It does break down a little bit in the end because people are not gonna, if especially if you are behind, like people are way less uh, interested in making deals with you mm-hmm. unless mm-hmm. it really benefits them. And like, I yeah. get it. Like, you want to win the game. Yeah. And there's like a cool little psychology thing too, where you're like, well, maybe if I like hook Dan up now. Like, he'll maybe help me out a little later Yeah, on. but I don't remember that. I make yeah. this deal, and then I move on. Yeah, now you could tell me that you helped me out earlier, but mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, but I compensated you in some way, right? <laughs> well, and this game also puts a natural price point on things just because you're only going to generate so much money from the yeah. thing. And you yeah. have the, like, little score sheet in front of you, so you know how much things yeah. are going to be. Yeah. So. Like, if something's only going to generate me $10,000 a round, I'm not going to give you $60,000 yeah. for it because there's only mm-hmm. six rounds. Yeah, this, like, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. this is already round four. Yeah, I'm not I'm not interested in losing $20,000 on this. Yeah, I, I really did enjoy it a lot. Oh, victory points are just money. It's just yeah. whoever has the yeah. most money at yeah. the end wins, um, yeah. which is fine. I don't have a problem with that. Yeah, it's all good. You yeah, know, that's fine. Just it's, like in real life. Just like in whoever yeah. has the most <laughs> money wins. It's a bit bleak, but you Bezo, know, Bezos in the lead. But if, if there's one I'm thing I learned strong. from this, well, if there's one thing I learned from this game, it's that you don't pay your employees any money. No, 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 no. It's that's, all it's profit. Baby. Pure profit, baby. <laughs> <No one. laughs> it's crazy. Oh, and a thing like worth mentioning life. too <laughs> is uh, you, you'll see like a little bit of talk online about um, sort of the antiquated art. You know, oh, yeah, I mean, it was fine. I yeah, can't uh, say I really noticed. Uh, you know, it. I've heard some complaints that it's kind of stereotyp- stereotyping a little bit. There's like a very caricatured Asian people. Oh, um, yeah, I guess. I'm um, sure um, there's like a couple car crashes on the board. Yeah, yeah, they're there. So, like, uh, I don't know. Well, I, I do know who did the art, but oh, Ooh, secrets. Yes, Mark, secret. why don't you tell us who did the art? Oh, okay, Chinatown Let us in on the secret published in 1999. <laughs> What's that? Is it Prospero Hall? It was not Prospero Hall. 1999. Or was it? 22 years ago. Yeah. So 1999 by Z-Man Games. Uh, it's been under a lot of distributors, but Z-Man, I think, is like the most recent one. Okay. With the new reprint, which is the one I bought, Z-Man was distributed. Gotcha. Uh, designed by Karsten Hartwig, who uh, designed Lucky Loop. And the art was done by Matthew... Uh, McConaughey. Boy. No, it's not. It's not McConaughey. It's <laughs> Matthew it Layson. <laughs> Why is there so, bongos everywhere? So musky in here. Is that patchouli? Uh, Matthew Lassine, who did Jamaica, and Franz Volwinkel, who has done art for a lot of different games, oh. uh, including Magic the Gathering. Oh, okay. Shame, shame. So. I know your name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> shame, shame. I mean, that seems like it would be a steady job. I can't really knock that. Yeah. But yeah, those are that's your team. That's that's your team. That, that's your team. They did uh, it. So let's uh, rank Chinatown 1 to 10, not using the number 7. How many... Uh, caricatures would you give <laughs> chinatown how many problematic characters how, yeah, how many problematic uh illustrations would you yeah. give this game uh dave hubbard uh i you know i had a lot of fun until the very end it is a little simplistic but it didn't overstay its welcome i'm i'm giving chinatown another eight whoa man i love making all those deals i love making i do love making deals. and i didn't notice the characters or the car crashes i didn't either <laughs> but it could be my white privilege. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> Didn't true. notice it at all. Yeah, it could be that. Uh-huh. Uh, Dan, Chinatown, 1 to 10, not using the number 7. How many caricatures would you give this game? I would say I'm going to go 6 because it did fall off at the end. 
I, I like a strong inning, but I mean, trading is always fun. Mm-hmm. The problem is there's it's a six-round game, and trading really goes strong for four rounds. Yeah. And then yeah. it kind of yeah. breaks and down. And then round five, it's a little low, and round six, it's just... Yeah, yeah round it's six, like, it's like, nah, it's like man. barely mop up. No, like, I oh, actually... I can give you that for 100 grand? Like, nah. Yeah. yeah, no, like round six is like one of those deals where like you're just slapping businesses on anywhere you have an open line. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, I'm not trading anything this round. I'm just putting crap down because <laughs> yeah, it's going to give me 10000 I didn't hate it. I'm curious what Ray's complaints were. Yeah, about Ray, it. you've been summoned to the floor. <laughs> Write in and tell us your thoughts Ray, on China defend Town. yourself. <laughs> I can't wait to read his treatise. I mean, we could just text him and say, <laughs> no, no, true. no. Ray? I need an email treatise. Yeah, I want to uh, have an email corner. So, we need, Ray, you need to defend your opinion. Mark, one to 10, not using the number seven, how many caricatures would you give Chinatown? I'm going to give this game eight caricatures as well. It's a lot of fun. I love trading games. Uh, so that's always going to be kind of a bias of mine. Um, so if you don't like trading games or you don't like negotiating yeah, with people, you, might you're supposed to be your friends. Your <laughs> this is not for you. I will say that the game is shockingly short. Yeah, really fast. It actually plays like, I think we played it like an, with, with instruction. It was like an hour and some change. Yeah, instruction, not long. Yeah. No. Like, so it definitely doesn't overstay its welcome. So give me an eight. Yeah. Like you guys said, I, I mean, you guys didn't say anything I can't already touch also, on. Also, none so. of our games had colons today. Oh, I know. I was, uh, yeah, Something. well done. Much like uh, certain OR rooms, this is a colon-free zone. <laughs> colon, colon, <laughs> colon cleanse. It's a weird joke I just made. That is a very weird joke you just made. Halfway through that joke, I almost backed out of it. But <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you just <laughs> glad you fought through. I you know, did. I'm glad you worked through it. <laughs> uh, so that is the extent of our games for this episode, episode number fifty. But fear not, the show's not over. Mark has prepared a topic for us, gentlemen, for tonight's. Sort of special, but not really special 50th oh, episode. Yeah, we have something very special planned for the end of the show. No, we don't. Yeah. <laughs> no, we don't. It's just more of the same. I was planning on doing a hero of board game history. Oh, no. But it turned out. There are no more. There are, there <laughs> We've are no more. We've exhausted them. It's no, three. It, it turned out. <laughs> this is three. It turned out the person with which I chose to do a board game, uh, a hero, was a lot more complicated than I would have thought. And there oh, it wasn't been very about four episodes of work. <laughs> Excellent. He wasn't heroic. He was. Oh, no. I would say he. But then later in life, he got handsy. <laughs> oh. No, no. I think the person I was going to choose was like, I'm going to save it because I think I will do an episode about this eventually. But in the meantime. There's only my busted junk topic that I have for you guys tonight Fair on enough, our it's 50th only episode. episode. 50 right, exactly. Deal. Yeah, uh, we so- got to end it on a high note. <laughs> 50 episodes, we've done it. We're out. We did it. So I guess, uh, see ya? <laughs> this is a discussion that I'm calling Put Everything You've Got into Canned Food and Shotguns. Colon. Colon. Colon, modern day America. Yeah. <laughs> Colon. Tonight's topic. Topic 50. Topic 50. Topic 50. Although it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. no, no, no. It's, oh boy, I don't even know when I started doing topics. But anyway. <laughs> not episode one. Not, I'm saying that. That wasn't one. Yeah. So it wasn't one through ten. Gentlemen, as I like so rarely do, sometimes I have like a spare moment where I'm like just thinking my little uh, weasel thoughts. Yeah, sitting on a swing in yeah, the park. Just, just the hanging <laughs> out. Drinking a, drinking a mad dog. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yelling at whippersnappers. Uh-huh. Yelling just at kids to get off your swing. <laughs> screaming at children. Just thinking to myself, what is value? <laughs> This is what you think. In this your is this time? is a thing I think about okay. sometimes. All right. Who is value? Who is where is value? Why, Why is value? Is value? <laughs> I get it. Right. What time is value? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> time is value open? Where can I find value? Value 
obviously means different things to different people. Like, what's valuable to you guys? Our uh, friendship. Oh, oh, you little devil. Oh, that's so nice. <laughs> you know, <laughs> the thing is he said it, but then the look he gave us was <laughs> like, was like, like he doesn't value the friendship <laughs> at all. It, it seemed, was like he was being sarcastic. Yeah, no. But the thing is, people can't see that. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was for us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I like my board game collection. Ooh, should I have said my wife first? Nah. Yeah, I, mean, I like my board game collection. <laughs> you could edit it out. Servings of drugs? I'm not gonna. I think, like, servings of drugs are valuable. I don't know. Not to me. Somebody, though. Not Somebody to me. I'm there. trying to watch my finger. <laughs> and I'm glad you brought that no. up, Dan. Because oh, servings of drugs. Servings of drugs. <laughs> because, like, value is all contextual, right? Okay. There's things that, like, may not be valuable to, like, Dave, like a serving of drugs, yeah. could be very valuable to uh, a mark. Or a drug addict. <laughs> or a drug addict. <laughs> or, you know, or a drug addict. That's fine, too. Yeah. So or the Mark. cast of The Wire. <laughs> or the cast of The Wire. You got to step on it. You got to step on it. You can't be selling it that good. So, yeah, that is like, so value is like all about context, right? And one of my favorite examples of context, like contextual value is prison ramen. Okay. Yeah. You guys familiar I, at yeah. all about the phenomenon of prison ramen? Well, you can't have money. Yeah. And you can't have cigarettes anymore either. Yep. So in 2016, the Massachusetts Department of Corrections released a list of the best selling items available in the state's prisons uh, commissaries. That's weird, but okay. Would you like to (laughs) guess what the top five selling items were? Ramen. Ramen. (laughs) Ramen's on the list. Uh, I'm going to go with any sort of like hot sauce. Or uh, sauce? Okay, that's not on the list. No? Yeah, yeah, oh, well. uh, is it cup of noodles or is that ramen? That, that we're gonna we're gonna file that under the umbrella term ramen. So I'm so unfamiliar candy. with prison. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going with candy. Uh, yeah, I, like chocolate bar. Yeah, uh, those are those are on the top ten, but they're not in the top five. We're terrible at this. Well, clearly, we've never been in prison. <laughs> clearly, not you, yet. Uh, yeah, uh, still tam- time. Pads. Oh, you mean uh, uh, sanitary pads? Only sanitary half napkins. Of, only <laughs> half of the prison. No, no, no. For the ladies. For the ladies. Those are big sellers, but no. Okay. Uh, I will. I will give you. Here's what I'll do. A, give us a hint. All right. I will say <laughs> that three of them are food products. <laughs> three of them, and one's not. And two of them are uh, and two of toiletries. Them are shanks. <laughs> oh, toilet. Toilet. Toilet paper. Uh, nope. No that toilet comes, paper. That comes soap. with it. Soap. Yeah, you put it in a sock. Dave's got yeah. soap. Beat people. That's yeah. a different movie. <laughs> Soap, yep, correct. Uh, sh- you can't have razor blades, right? Shaving cream? Uh, yep, yeah, razors. Oh. You can have a razor. Oh. I feel like that's uh, shank making material right uh, there. I think it's like uh, maybe like a safety razor type Yeah, but deal. I feel like yeah, I, I could take bust that open. But yeah, I'm, I, I, I was going to say, shank. if you got the time. You okay, know. so soap, that's three. And the, how many are food? Uh, three are food, two are toilet. And we got ramen already? We got ramen. It? Okay, so we need two more foods. We need two more. Uh-huh. Bread. Licorice. One, one is a drink. Soda. Nope. Coffee. Oh. Coffee. Yep, coffee. Okay. And the other Fruit. is is a sta- make wine. A, a staple mm-hmm. grain. A staple grain. Bread. A staple Oats grain. Rice. Meal? Rice. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So your top five sellers are in no particular order: <laughs> soap, rice, razors, coffee, and ramen. Right. So odd diet. Right. I definitely knew that. Yeah, yeah we definitely were, knew that. I'm gonna edit this so that we nail it. Too. Oh yeah. Because <laughs> we weren't doing embarrassingly bad. <laughs> yeah. So that's what David and I would order in yeah. prison. <laughs> can I get some dice, please? Yeah. Some How many dice? dice can I have? Can I have a larger pencil with an eraser? Uh, do you guys sell? <laughs> do you guys sell Ravnica or just the player's handbook here? Yeah. Uh, do you guys? Who has the copy of the DM's guide? <laughs> Is that in the library or what? Uh, All right. So razors sold. A, there were 123,000 razors. 
there was 261,000 bars of soap that were sold. This is in where? In Massachusetts okay. Department of Corrections. There were 273,000 containers of rice. Dang. Right? There were 287,000 packets of coffee, like units of coffee sold. But the most, by far, the most popular one with 1,262,291,000 oh, or 291,000 was ramen. Dude, I like ramen a lot. Ramen's yeah. good. Uh, like I always have like a 12 pack of ramen in my it's in my dry so storage. Yep. <laughs> it's yep. A, I saw I heard heard someone refer to it as that in a show the other day. Dry, dry storage. Dry storage? Really? <laughs> so Did stupid. it blow your mind? Did they steal it from us? It was British. It was a British show. <laughs> so oh, they stole it from us, didn't they? Very posh. Probably. Yeah, I probably. bet the writers listen to our show. <laughs> probably. <Yeah. laughs> Shout out to the cast of Peaky Blinders. <laughs> <laughs> And I put the corpse in the old draw storage, I did. Step, step, step. <laughs> so I like Peaky Blinders, but man, I sometimes have a real hard time understanding what they're saying. Yeah. Get, that, get that subtitle game. I guess I'm going to have to. Yeah, you got to, man. That's how I made it through several of the, my favorite shows. <laughs> yeah, I'm just What's like, he going on about? <laughs> What's this guy even saying? So ramen was bought uh, roughly six times more than any other item in the commentary yeah. system. Do they break down flavors? No, oddly enough, not. I do that chicken. Yeah, like I'm, that a, chicken. I'm a chicken boy. Eat that soy sauce. That's what you need. Or the new hotness. They've got a vegetarian chili one. Oh, Candy likes that one. That's really good. Nah, chicken. Yeah. Chicken. <laughs> <laughs> you like creamy chicken or regular chicken? Just regular. Yeah, I don't want to anything fancy. Anything nice. I right. always tell Candy that the that weird vegetarian one is sold out the grocery store. It's not. I just want to buy the chicken. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. Never is. I don't, I don't got multiple kinds of ramen money. <laughs> It's like it's like $1.30 for a huge pack of it. That's very funny. So, Dave, you kind of touched on it, but you're right. It's absolutely illegal for prisoners to have cash money in the U.S. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so instead of using cash, prisoners would often trade like – I shouldn't say would. Prisoners often trade – this still happens yeah. all the time – items for like goods or services or uh, favors like amongst other inmates – and if you ever if you ever took like a macroeconomics 101 class like you might remember that the things that you need for currency to be accepted are is that it needs to be durable it needs to be standardized it needs to be portable and it needs to be considered valuable right yeah ramen it's all ramen. those things all ramen that. fits all of those bills in prisons across the united states and canada Love oh, Canada's in on this? Canada's in on this, too. You oh. go, Canada? I'm dragging our friends from the north oh, back no. down to the mud with us. <laughs> well, I mean, get they, your they dirty, got their own mud. Get your dirty Canadian ramen down here. Yep, yep. Do so, you think Canadian ramen is flavored like poutine? I think some of it might I would be. try that. <laughs> oh, gravy ramen? Yeah, gravy. poutine ramen? I'd be all over that. Gravy ramen Ooh, sounds like a, awful. It does really sound pretty bad. <laughs> like, the idea of going to Montreal and getting, like, a beef gravy a ramen. Gravy ramen. Because oh, these little dehydrated cheese curds in it. <laughs> <laughs> it tastes like it, it just has the same textural consistency of like a marshmallow oh, and lucky charms i picture it i picture it like a like uh like a cheese ball oh yeah. <laughs> like, uh, when it just melts yeah uh, like wow what is that um yeah so dave you uh, again mentioned the fact that prisoners aren't allowed to have cigarettes anymore yeah, yeah. i know a lot about prison <laughs> from my time in the slammer, and b that's the time that I uh, watched Orange Is the New Black. <laughs> that's uh, that's what I refer to my time in the slammer. Yeah, yeah. That's I, the... I used to watch that show, like World's Most Dangerous Prisons, and it's like never America. It's like these like crazy prisons. It's all like, Russian prisons. Yeah, or El Salvador, <laughs> oh, yeah, where they're America. just like yeah. <laughs> beating the crap out of people. They can have cigarettes. 
<laughs> well, see, they have better prisons than we do. Way better. <laughs> yeah. So ever since the federal government outlawed um, smoking on federal property. Yeah, that's prisons. Which is prisons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, you can't get smokes anymore. So, like, the idea that you used to be able to trade cigarettes for stuff, like, now that doesn't happen anymore. So what you needed is a new item to fill in that prison economy void, right? So ramen was uh, the, a natural fit because it was like cheap. It was easy to get. It was all standardized. So you could just pass back and forth. I how much ramen costs in prison. I have an answer for that. Oh my gosh, really? I wonder yep. how much ramen I could sneak into prison. Obviously, keistered. <laughs> well, I don't know how else you're going to get it in there. <laughs> but, but like no, intact. Yeah. <laughs> how is this huh. still intact? Why is this mocha flavored? <laughs> oh. 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 oh, I don't care for that. Although uh, coffee, second, second I said. Yeah, I got two true. of the things on the list now. Yeah. <laughs> So a I'm single a human pack, money maker. <laughs> it's actually so a single pack of ramen, at least according to the statistics that I found, it's not significantly marked up. It's still fifty nine cents a pack, right? That seems expensive. I mean, clearly not expensive, but yeah. compared to what it's, I can get, it's it kind for. of inflated. Because yeah. like what you can get like a dollar twenty nine for a for twelve a pack. Twelve pack, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like a little inflated, but it's not as bad as I was sort of thinking. Yeah. I again. <laughs> My knowledge of prisons. Right. <laughs> From Pretty, your time in the slammer. Yeah, yeah. So what happens is an inmate will exchange currencies from their bank account that like family members or friends right. put in, and then they'll have access to funds. And then what they'll do is they'll do this wonderful like currency swap where it goes from being cash dollars to ramen, right? And so with this ramen – because or loonies and toonies. Or loonies and toonies. Mm, right. You ramen, drop a, drop a couple toonies in there. Mm-hmm. And then next thing you know, you, you got, got some. Robin. I have got a some, question. If, yeah. if paper dollars make it rain uh-huh. and coins make it hail, what do ramen do? Uh, make it slurp. <laughs> no. No. I don't care for that. <laughs> I think. No. I hated it. Then I liked it. it. <laughs> they make it crinkle. They <laughs> crunch. They make it crunch. Yeah. You ever met someone that just eats the ramen? Like yes, without one cooking? person, and I they were an insane person. I don't like that. <laughs> no, I don't like that either. No, it's not okay. They just get it out and like the flavor packet. No, thank you. Oh no, no, mine put the flavor packet on the dry noodle. <laughs> That's even worse. <laughs> How did they not choke to death? Yeah, it's so dry. It was like watching someone eat a sleeve of saltines. (laughs) I picture picture them like taking a big bite, pouring some of the sauce in their mouth, and Uh then just a mouthful of water, and then just sitting there. No, no. It was just they would pour, they would open the thing, pour Uh the packet into the thing, and then just like take bites like it was a burger in a wrapper. They can't oh, wait no. the two minutes for ramen to go. No, no. See, I was thinking like what you could do is you could mix it in like tap water and then like swirl it around and then you could just dunk your dry hard ramen <laughs> as like an au jus type situation. <laughs> maybe we would be good at prison. Maybe yeah, we would be like, uh, oh, I'm a ramen chef. Here, try some of my white trash au jus, please. <laughs> Oh, I've been saving this chicken flavor for months. <laughs> it's That's disgusting. Uh, I feel yeah, that feels bad. Oh. Anyway, so uh, once you get it out of the commissary, like ramen's value is so hyperinflated, it's it's crazy. So, for example, if you are a prisoner, right, and you need a sweatshirt in Sunbelt State Penitentiary, by sounds like such a pleasant place. I, I know it really does. <laughs> oh, dude, we're gonna vacation down there. It's an oh. all inclusive. You walk in, the warden's like, "Mahalo, my friends." <laughs> uh, you can buy a sweatshirt for ten dollars and eighty-one cents U.S. Right, but the same pr- a prisoner who's shopping on the black market 
can trade two packs of ramen for that same sweatshirt. Dang. Because that should be like 20 packs of ramen. Yeah. Yeah. Hold on. According to If their, it's 59 cents a piece, like that's prices, roughly yeah. like. Yeah. Yeah. So exactly. So. <laughs> so much ramen. Yeah. yeah so it's, <laughs> yeah. it's basically two. You, tra- you can trade for two packs of ramen. You can trade for a prison sweatshirt. Meaning that the pack of ramen, two packs of ramen that you spent $1.18 on, 18 on you've basically increased by 916%. Wow. <laughs> Which leads to the question, like, why is ramen so valuable in the prison yeah, economy? Yeah, it's delicious. Because I guess the commissary, commissary, commissary yeah, is always sold out of ramen then. Yes. Because, like, the second it comes in, it all gets sold, I'm We sure. will definitely be talking about that for sure. But, but then also the prisoners, I'm sure, eat the ramen. Yes. Which means we are now lowering the total amount of ramen again in, in circulation. The, yeah, scarcity, circulation. scarcity, scarcity, right. It has a lot to do with the fact of just the sheer number of people that the U.S. and Canada incarcerates. This is primarily a U.S. problem. Yeah, we're number one. We're, yeah. we're number one. We love arresting but people. But, like, not yeah. in a good way. Not, but in the worst kind of way. <laughs> so, basically, the U.S., according to prisonpolicy.org, the U.S. incarcerates 2.3 million people. That's so insane. Seems it's like a lot so of many people. people. So insane. You mean more than a lot of countries? Yeah. yeah. People. <laughs> Do you mean it's two and a half Delawares? Two and a half Delawares. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly two and a half Delawares. It's two Delawares and some change oh, for sure. Oh, that's that's disconcerting. Um, so the cost to house all these people is astronomical. Sure. Um, the Marshall Project, who do who would cover like a lot about incarceration, says that basically the est- in 2019. It was estimated to cost U.S. taxpayers $80 billion That's every year so crazy. Like to house that, that many people. seems like a lot of better things could be done. Yeah, yeah for sure. So and It's not like they're rehabilitating them. They're no, not. no. It's just a place you hold people and make them terrible, yeah. you know, like, <laughs> until it's time to get out. Yeah. Think how much more money, like, Jeff Bezos could have right now if we had kept that money in the economy. <laughs> Yeah, imagine how many more things I could have bought off Amazon. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. It would only go to rich people. Like, we wouldn't get any. We wouldn't yeah. see a dime of it. Uh, because the cost of housing all of these inmates is so exorbitant, a lot of states have really come like decided that the way you do this for like a not crazy amount of money is you just privatize prisons. Which is another terrible idea. Very, very bad. <laughs> that encourages horrible treatment yeah. of prisoners. Yeah. Once you turn prison into a business model, you have like yeah. the same problems like that happen in every industry. You mean like education and healthcare? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you know, we've and we talk about a lot of that here, like music and board games. Like once you get some, once it's a business model, you're gonna have abuses. Yeah, and that's exactly what happens. And one of the easiest places to cut corners is with food service. Makes sense. So the Marshall Project uh, found that the average cost of food has decreased to a dollar seventy-seven U.S. per meal. That's crazy. So for every meal that a person has served in prison, it fall it's a dollar seventy seven, right? That's crazy. yeah. You're not eating good nutrition at that level. No. In, I don't care how much like how many discounts they get for buying in bulk. Like no, no, no yeah, no, no. and it's it, not enough. If that sounds bad, there are prisons on record who released their financial statements that said that they had decreased their average cost per meal to fifty six cents per meal. Wow, that's that's less than a pack of ramen. Yeah, for real. Uh, so you have companies like Aramac. Uh, it's a they are basically a private food vendor, and I'm sure a really good example of capitalism as a nightmare. Uh, that their, their whole focus is on selling cheap, tainted meals, sometimes tainted meals to inmates. Uh, there's been like news reports about meals that have been infested with uh, maggots and food that's been rotten. Well, I mean, maggots are just low fat protein. It's just more protein. You're probably thankful for the extra calories, honestly. (laughs) It's so sad. Terrible. And it's basically caused like this huge thing where it's like suddenly like a lot of prisoners are going on hunger strikes. 
Um, they're well, like it sounds like they're suing. doing that naturally. They're doing it, yeah. yeah they're, I mean, with the assistance from the yeah. prison itself. Yeah, they're suing the state governments because of like the really bad food insecurity. And that, that same food insecurity that's causing a lot of these problems means that um, rather than riot over food, you'll have inmates saying, we'll just buy ramen from the commissary. Right. And that will supplement our like our meal times. So that's one of the that's why ramen is so mm. perfect as a as a currency because it has so many uses. You can trade it for things. You can eat it when you get it. So it's like dollar bills that you can eat, basically. I mean, so you poor. can eat a dollar bill now. You could. Yeah, and this is like a this is a what did you say? Just <laughs> blew right past Random us. draw board game podcast does not recommend eating. Dollars. <laughs> no, don't don't eat a dollar. I didn't say it was a good idea, yeah. but please do. Uh, I was going to save this for the please end. Do Let's just do it now. Ramen. But we're going to actually be selling in our new store some random draw branded ramen. <laughs> <laughs> random draw ramen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't. You can't order a flavor. It's whatever. No, we no, no. Yeah. It's, it's it's a randomized like Marichan ramen that we've slapped a random draw sticker yeah. on. Yeah. I reach into my dry storage and whatever I come out with is what you get. Me too. It's always going to be chicken. It's always chicken though. We have yeah. shrimp at our house, shrimp ramen, which I can't eat because yeah. who knows if there's actual shrimp in there. Yeah. Which I doubt, but, but not willing never to tra- I'm not willing to risk it. I believe that that shrimp ramen is Kira's. Yeah. Well, she, she ca- so we go to the store and she gets one pack. She's like, I'll get this. I was like, okay, well, or we could buy a 12 pack for like less than $2. So let's just do that. I also like cup of noodles. Ooh, cup of, <laughs> cup of noodles is good too. Less, fewer vegetarian flavors in a cup of noodle situation, though. That's I'm not an issue. I know. I know. <laughs> yeah. It's not so, a problem. Yeah. yeah, Dave, you were exactly right. You have prisoners who basically have connections on the outside world who have more money in their bank account than others, and they will go and they will buy up all of the ramen and commissary. That makes sense to me. Which makes it more scarce, which in turn drives up the value for other people. It would be ideal if you didn't like ramen. Yeah, for real. <laughs> and you're not, like, eating, you're not eating your funds. And so this is like a perfect example of like value fluctuating in people's lives. You know, us on the outside, we may we may like ramen, but we're never going to organize an elaborate heist to make off with millions of packages of ramen from a ramen casino in order to exact petty revenge against the ramen casino's owner for hooking up with our girlfriend, Julie Roberts. Well, I wasn't. I don't to. know. I, <laughs> yeah, well, I wasn't. That sounds like exactly a thing I would do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And if we ever did do that, we certainly wouldn't call that ramen's 11. Don't worry about it. <laughs> It's 11. The only problem with that. I love the concept of this movie. The only problem with that is I don't have 11 friends. <laughs> yeah, we would have to hire out. Ramen's three. My only, my only problem with that is the walking out of uh, the casino at the end and each of us is carrying two bags. And then we get back to our hideout and we open up all of our bags and we realize we've stolen $9 worth of ramen. <laughs> this doesn't seem like a 10 years worth right? of prison sentence. Cool. Yeah, so this is where I'm going to segue, 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 segue to our topic tonight. And I by saying like, hey, it turns out that board gamers and prisoners are both really apt to riot over rules violations, for sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's yeah, fair. Sure. Yeah. I've I've read some <laughs> online databases full of gamers. Yeah. Yikes. Another thing that we have in common is that uh, we only tend to get about an hour of sunlight every day. <laughs> that's <laughs> now, the that's aw. the one. Yeah. An hour seems like an awful long time. <laughs> yeah. <for me. laughs> Um, yeah, so, but seriously, like, uh, board gamers and prisoners tend to be able to find value in their everyday lives, like, especially when we are playing board games. And that's why tonight we're going to be talking about trading games. Segway from Chinatown into Prison Ramen into trading games. Do you mean games that you trade in or trading your actual games? Trading Mm. in actual games, like trading, like the concept of trading as a game mechanic. Got you. 
So I did some I did some research because like we played like literally I would say three of some of the best trading games recently where we played Serial Confluence, we played Chinatown, we played Lords of Vegas. Like I, those were all we've done a lot of it. Lately. I mean, one of our favorite games ever, Spartacus. Mm-hmm. Spartacus trade all sorts trading. of things. A lot of trading. Great game. So uh, according to this really like it was like seven minutes long. It was a ludology episode. Okay. Um, the the host, Jeff uh, Engelstein, defined trades as an exchange of value between two parties. Right. It's so, a super interesting podcast. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, no, I was I yawned in the middle of that, but I actually mean it's very interesting. Yeah. The way I said it was. Sounded, yeah. Came out negative, it, sounded, I, it sounded a little catty. No, but. it's not. I think it's really yeah. interesting. Yeah. Um, so there's like two different styles of trading in games, right? You have direct and indirect. Uh, so direct exchanges like usually, uh, involve trades that ultimately decide the winner. Yeah. Yeah. Stan's mm-hmm. like stroking yeah. his beard. Yeah. Here is like also mocking me. That's very cool. Stroking her beard. <laughs> High five. It's good to know you're here. Nice. Yeah. Basically like that's, uh, in games like Chinatown where like the things you are trading are ultimately going to end up deciding who are going to be, the, who's going to be the winner. I, I feel like that's most trading games to you, a point. To a point. Yeah. Uh, then you have games like indirect exchanges, right? And these are basically trades that happen that give you the resources that you then use to win the game. Was, would that be more Sidero Confluence? Mm, I, I feel like that's yes. a mixture of both. It's a little bit of both, but yes, I could. De- I actually absolutely can see it. Um, you're not really trading victory points, but you're trading cubes that then generate other stuff. That yeah. you know, we'll, we'll definitely get into it. In addition to trading mechanics, they, they tend to have, in addition to uh, the indirect and direct mechanics, they also have asymmetry, right? Because asymmetry is going to dictate what makes a trade valuable to one party and not valuable sure. to you another can't, party. Everybody oh, can't yeah. have the same setup because right. then the trades don't make sense. Exactly. That's so true. Like, what's the point of me trading two VP to Dave if all I'm going to get in return is two VP as right. well? Yeah. So yeah, you'll you'll find out that like in order for like good trades to happen within the realm of board games, you need to have like basic asymmetry. Like this stuff is going to be less valuable to me but more valuable to Dave who's willing to trade for it. Yeah, I don't need any barrel boys. <laughs> need, What's he need, need barrel seven boys? Of those green many, cubes though. How many space goats are you willing to? Yeah. <laughs> and then so the, the one of the challenges that it comes from like making a good trading game is that how do you create that asymmetry? And like a thing that you could do is like set collection. Like think of in Chinatown sure. where we're all playing and we are like trying to get lots established and businesses and all kinds of stuff like that. Yeah, I'm trying to get these certain restaurant styles. You're trying to get a jewelry shop. So mm-hmm. if I have mm-hmm. one and you have the other, this thing is not very valuable to me, but it's much more valuable to you. For so. sure. And like that's some of the that's how some of the value in the game fluctuates. Like you'll have like certain stuff that's not valuable to me at all, but like knowing that Dave might need it or knowing that Dan might need it, like totally makes it more valuable just Mm -hmm. by that very nature and then finally the last thing that like trading games kind of need is hidden information right because if a game is completely out in the open then it's difficult to make a deal if i know exactly how that's going to help somebody like you're not trading in chess i'll trade you this pawn for that pawn yeah yeah Yeah. Uh, deal no (laughs) no stupid (laughs) and the reason why is like people will understand like oh this is a suboptimal trade for me and i don't want to lose too badly in this deal not me not dan dan's dan's a baller i just want to make a deal yeah (laughs) all right so i'm losing at every deal i make but I'm making deals. Look at all the deals I've made. Yeah. So like an example of this is oddly enough in Monopoly, right? Like where you have the value of the the property is like listed on the card and you know how yeah. much you're going to be getting. But what you don't know is how many times somebody's going to land on that sure. to make it worthwhile or not. Um, so, yeah, like you have to have like a little bit of information. Otherwise, the game's like too hard to or too inscrutable to find out to. Or not. Fair fun. enough. 
Yeah. <clears throat> like, that's, like, basically the gist of how to make, like, a good uh, trading game. So, like, the things I did is I, like, went back and I tried to find, like, notable examples of trading games in history. Well, is this not a... Well, I assume trading is, is not a new concept. It's not. Yeah. I bet the first trading board game came out in 19... In 17. (laughs) 1917. 1917. That's fun. Dan, if you had to guess what one of the earliest trading games was. Uh, Did it come out in 1719? (laughs) Is that closer? I'll never tell. (laughs) What year? Yeah. Like what year do you think is the earliest trading game? 19. Video game. Video game. (laughs) 18. (laughs) 19. 1923. 1923. So we got 1917, 1923. Post Civil War. What are you trading in pit? Pit, Dan. Uh, this is actually just, I have pits and you have pits, and then we trade our pits. Trade, yeah, trade we all trade pits. our pits. So this game is actually a game I'm going to be covering in more detail later because oh, the pit? the origin story for this game is bonkers. Um, but what you're doing is everybody, you basically players are given uh, uh, it's like a dealt out 63 cards in total, right? And so what you're trying to do is you're trying to collect nine cards of seven different commodities. No. So, okay. yeah, so okay. you have to get Sounds awesome. nine of the set in order to uh, get the commodity and corner the market. Right. So the, the caveat of this game is so it's a direct it's a direct exchange game where you're all giving each other the things that you need that you're going to be winning. So many hand movements. I know. It's very, <laughs> <laughs> but the, the, the hidden information part comes in. You can't tell people what you're trading them. So, oh, <laughs> interesting. That's pretty fun. Yeah. So when the game starts, it's just a bunch of people shouting numbers at the table. It's like two. <laughs> I'm trading two. I'm trading two. That is what I'm trading. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, I do kind of want to play it now. <laughs> when you make a deal with somebody, you'll swap cards, and then you won't know what you're trading for until it's in your hand. And it could or hurt you or help you. It could because you may you may have traded somebody like everything you just traded them. Like so. Oh, that is interesting. Yeah. So the things you're trading. That game are basically like cereal grains in pit, like it's like it's like flax or oats or wheat. Like you're trading those style of things. It's all based on the Chicago market exchange that the the inventor of the game saw and was like, "Oh, this is really cool. I want to make a, a game about this." Interesting. That's yeah. fun. That sounds fun. Yeah. yeah. I wonder if you could find like a print and play copy. Yeah. Well, Dave, I'm glad you said that. It's actually still being sold today. Really? Like you can buy a copy of Pit. This very moment. I'm okay with you buying a copy of Pit. For I'm going to buy play. a copy of How Pit. I love it? trading games. I can't imagine it's can a I lot. Find, yeah. I'm sure you can find it's, it. It's a deck of hundreds of cards, if I've understood the rules correctly. And so it's also, uh, oddly enough, one of the earliest examples I've ever seen of an expansion being released. Oh. Because a year after its initial publish uh, publishing, in 1904, it was re-released with better art and a new bear and bull market cards <laughs> that affected gameplay. Interesting. Yeah, it's very cool. A winning moves game, the pit game deluxe, $12.99. I feel like that's enough money. I, I want to just make <laughs> sure. like that is an amount of well, money. So spend. this makes me feel like this is it for sure because it has the golden bull on oh, the yeah. cover. Uh huh. And there's a bell though. I don't know what the bell's for. Maybe like a stock exchange bell. 
it says the best thing over 100 years of card game fun. And then right next to it says with Bell. <laughs> <laughs> this has to be a corner of the market gate card game. Yep, yep, yep. Oh my gosh, so, I guess. I feel like I 13 bucks is, yeah, 13 <laughs> bucks is a perfectly fine price. Well, for guys, this. we bought Pit <laughs> while we're recording. So we'll be back with our thoughts about Pit. Oh, it comes in on Sunday. Well, of course, it's not going to come in yeah, tomorrow. Yeah. It's, it's Friday night. It's not coming in by tomorrow morning. Oh, what's my Amazon? Post? So um, the next example, uh, notable example, was called The Money Game, which was published in, it was, sorry, it was patented in 1912 and then published in 1928 in the post-war economy, right? Um, so this game is super interesting because it casts one player as a shipwrecked engineer uh, with a limited supply of money. Everyone else at the table, other than this one person who's playing the shipwrecked uh, engineer, are island natives who are selling him back his own parts to his shipwrecked uh, vehicle <laughs> so that he can then get out of the island, right? That's funny. So his job is to basically buy up the parts that he needs before he runs out of gold that backs his paper, like his paper money. Ah. So it's back in the day when like, you yeah, know, when gold actually gold, represented yeah. the money. When nope. money it was represented by something. No fiat money system, baby. <laughs> yeah. Devalue that currency. I got a printer. And <laughs> and the native's job is to get as much of his money as they can. Um, That's pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is too, is it's like an early example of like a variant play where the game becomes a simple bidding game between the natives who offer the lowest bid for parts and the engineer becomes like a glorified banker who just hands out money. And then whoever has the most money at the end of the game wins. So mm-hmm. less less exciting, but yeah, less exciting, <clears throat> but for still sure. Something. Shockingly sophisticated for 1912. I know that's crazy. I'm so excited to play Pit. <laughs> <laughs> so it definitely has the direct exchange where you're passing out money to each other. The asymmetry comes from the engineer needing the parts and mm-hmm. the natives like wanting the money. And then the hidden information is how much money the engineer has left to buy the things that he needs, right? That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, a couple of years after that, published in 1937 by Parker Brothers, was a game called Skyscraper. Um, Skyscraper was actually shockingly ahead of its time for um, the board game hobby. Uh, players were given different duties, like uh, different roles in the game. Oh. So you had the home builder, the insurance agent, and or the yeah, the insurance agent and the tax receiver. They all had different ways of functioning within the board game, right? Oh, so it was like everyone got roles for the first time yep. with their yep. own special abilities. Role playing mm-hmm. game, yep. asymmetrical. And yeah. so what they what the goal was is you were racing to complete a set of skyscrapers while doing the duties of your role in the game. <laughs> I see that I'm a home builder. Okay, I choose to go into a dwarven mine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this game was also like one of the first board games to ever give players their own board to use during play. Oh, okay. Like, so it wasn't like a community board. It was just like you had your own little board that had your little duties written on it. So you could keep track of... And then said duty. Yeah, because this podcast is by five-year-olds. <laughs> yeah. Then a year after that, you had Buccaneer, and we've actually talked about Buccaneer. That sounds familiar. Yeah, we talked about it in a couple episodes uh, when well, during our one of our heroes of board game history, We're like raving about Buccaneer. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and it was invented by uh, this guy named Norman, or sorry, Jeffrey Bull. Jeffrey B. Buccaneer. Yeah. That's what a pirate charges for piercing. A yeah. buccaneer. A buccaneer. A buccaneer. Yeah. Get mm, it. I get it. That's a terrible pirate joke. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to release this uh, episode on National Pirate Day. I don't know when that is. <laughs> it could be next year. <laughs> yeah, I, I hope it's Yeah, we'll see you in October, I think, right? So um, Buccaneer was actually invented by Jeffrey Bull, who, if you remember, was the guy who introduced Anthony Pratt to Waddington's. Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah, he's like, hey, here's my friend. He's got this game called uh, Murder at Tudor House. Yeah. 
clue. Yeah. <laughs> then it turns out that was a dumb name. Yeah. <laughs> and so Buccaneer allowed players, to, it's basically, think like a really rudimentary version of Merchants and Marauders. Okay. Where you could go to port, you could trade Love goods with people, marauders, you could though. sell things, you could like just be a pirate and blow up ships and stuff like that. Merchants and Marauders. Yeah. yeah. 1938. Uh, 1968, you had the Enterprise uh, colon the Elite Trading Game. Finally, a colon. First Finally colon a colon in the game. First, first, first colon, colon of the episode. And it's a Star Trek. Yeah, game. <laughs> guys. I'm I was. Sorry. What year did, was it published? It was published in 1968. Then it may have been Star Trek. It's what Star Trek ripped off to create it. Mm-hmm. No, mm-hmm. Star Trek is not before that. Gene mm-hmm. Roddenberry ripped off. But Star Trek saw the prototype of this game. <laughs> He's like Enterprise. That sounds like a good Enterprise. So this was an Australian game that basically took Monopoly and expanded the gameplay to make it uh, make different developments. Just like Star Trek. Just like Star Trek. <laughs> yeah. There's one thing I know about Star Trek. Capitalism. Just, Capitalism. <laughs> Just like Monopoly. Just like. So, you know, in Monopoly, you have basically houses and hotels. Yes. In this game, there was like cottages and inns and all this other stuff. And so you could they basically. Didn't, they didn't depart too far they from didn't, it. Yeah. It, it. Yeah. It was kind of, an, of a Monopoly clone for sure. But no, no, you no. Could... This is a tavern. <laughs> But you also were able to trade stuff among players, too, more openly than you could in Monopoly as well. Um, and also in 1968, Alta Finanza, which yeah. is a... Alta Finanza. Alta Finanza. Uh, is kind of like also a Monopoly clone, but it introduces mechanics <laughs> like card drafting. But it's pasta shops. But it's pasta shops. <laughs> and uh, it basically lets you... In the game, you could do card drafting, stock trading, and even like play like financial markets too oh wow, wow that's too in depth yeah. i don't got yeah. that time <laughs> <laughs> it, it did have a really funny line uh it said quote with appropriate speculation and a little bit of fortune you will rise at the top of the financial system and cast down your opponents <laughs> <laughs> which i really got out there i yeah. really love it it was so good um of course you have like the huge explosion of trading games in the 1970s and 80s those all had like super Wall Street themes. Like, I mean, obviously, this is going to be pretty big because Wall Street in the 80s was huge. Yeah. Cocaine, the game where you, <laughs> trade, <laughs> trade, cocaine. Where you trade cocaine and Wall Street. And Wall Street. <laughs> and you remember that pigs get fed, but hogs get slaughtered. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'll give you three Wall Streets for five servings of cocaine. How many servings of cocaine for one single Wall Street? I think it's, uh, how, many, how many stockbrokers do we have in here? Zero. Yeah. I need one burlap sack of cocaine. (laughs) (laughs) The big one that kind of changed a lot of how like games were like doing like indirect and or sorry, direct trading was Catan, right? Everybody knows everything about Catan at this point. Except for you because you've never played it. Never played it. I know. We're looking to rectify that at some point, but not hopefully too long. Yeah. Uh, I brought it to game day and Dan would not even look at the board. it out of the room. Yeah. So now that game's not for this house. (laughs) Um, so everybody knows everything about Catan, but it should be noted that while many games in the 1970s took indirect exchanges of goods to manufacture into victory points, uh, Catan was like the one that really cemented it in the industry is like, hey, instead of like trading cash that will declare the winner, like maybe we'll, maybe we'll do wood or sheep. Or, yeah, I'll give you two wood for three brick. Yeah, or like there's a robber or something involved. I don't know. <laughs> there, there is. All right, you summed it up. <laughs> um, you don't even need to play it now. <laughs> right? And then we have Bonanza, which was published in 1997. This was a one that always comes up in a lot of different. Yeah, was it based on the old TV show? No, it was actually uh, designed by Uwe Rosenberg. Oh, okay. Uwe. Uwe. He did Agricola. And Caverna 
and a bunch of other stuff. But anyway, yeah. this <laughs> was about uh, players trading types of beans with each other. Yeah. <laughs> Beananza. Beananza. I have green legumes. <laughs> what exactly. do you have? I have black-eyed peas. <laughs> so, and that kind of brings us to like the last set of games that we're going to talk about a little bit. And it's called, uh, this is what I kind of think of as like the big three of games that I've played, and that's Chinatown, Lords of Vegas, and Sidereal Confluence. Yeah, Confluence. Like those are like kind of like the ones that everybody kind of talks about when they talk about training mechanics. And Chinatown, you know, we've talked a lot about it already. 1999 basically strips down all of the extra mechanics and just says this is a game primarily concerned with exclusively trading. I mean, this game is basically only trading. Yeah, like it's only there trading. is a minor portion of the game where you are drawing stuff to trade. <laughs> And that is all. The entire rest of the game is trading. We have a we have a special guest Did in here tonight. Did you see the last minute of that? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Mark's making a bunch of hand gestures. Kira's sitting behind him making the same hand gestures. <laughs> Kira, I get very excited talking about board yeah, games. I'm sorry. The, Both of the... you just wild gesticulation mm. at the same time is yeah. pretty great. It was awesome. So then you have Lords of Vegas, which takes the idea of just having a pure trading game and like really moves it up to the next tier of yeah. thought, where it's like Okay, well, what if you had like all of the elements of trading in Chinatown, but also had like luck, yeah, and a ton of luck. takeovers and strategic development, and I don't know, maybe a lot of gambling too. Yeah, <laughs> the secret to Lords of Vegas is to have Ray roll the dice. <laughs> yeah, that is what I've learned from that game because that's the only time I did anything well. Uh, and then finally, like the pure like the next step forward has been like sidereal confluence. Sidereal confluence is such a wild it's game. It's such a wild game. And it's like impossible to explain like, okay, so I have a species mm-hmm. and they run with these certain cubes and yeah. they produce these other cubes. Yeah. And they're good at a certain thing. <laughs> they're good at a certain mm-hmm. thing. And I'm going to trade to you cubes and you're going to trade to me cubes mm-hmm. and I'm going to feed it into my economy and it's going to poop out these other things. Yeah, and sometimes barrel boys and come out and sometimes ships come yeah. out and sometimes, sometimes other cubes I come really out. don't know. It's what I can afford at the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's just such a bizarre and not a, a very attractive game in no. any way. Well, even when you were explaining that game to me for the first time, I was like, this game looks dumb. It, it just like it really like does. Thousands uh-huh. of cards. Yeah, yeah, it's just here's all these machines and here's a bunch of cubes and you stick them in here and they spit out more and that's the whole game. And yeah. then you play it and you're like, this game's awesome. Yeah, I could play mm-hmm. this a million times. Yeah, <laughs> I could play it a million times. I could play this game a million times. With your wife. With a high player count. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't want to yeah, play, like a, play like a three player. Yeah, you don't want to play like a player. I will say that's a downside of uh, trading games in general. Like, mm-hmm. they're not fun if it's... you. They're unplayable with two people, basically. I would, I would assume so. A lot of these have at least a minimum player count of three. And even then, like, I want a good five. Yeah, yeah five Because like, be uh, then you have, like, the five issue where somebody... Somebody's getting left out of trades, and then mm-hmm. they don't have the same amount of money to offer. Right. So, yeah, you definitely want as more more people as possible. And you, you guys are nailed it about like the Sidero Confluence thing, where so much of the hidden information is just not understanding what's happening on <laughs> no the other side of the table. Because like I don't really understand what's happening on this side of the table. So uh, for sure, I'm not gonna get like okay, what's valuable to me is these barrel boys. But like, does Dave know how valuable they are nope, to me? I yeah, do like, not. I'll say that right now. <laughs> I, no, no idea. Oh, but I do want green cubes yeah (laughs) so you definitely see like a lot of the direct and indirect trading at that game where it's like yeah you're giving me stuff like that i'm gonna immediately plug into my engine and then spit out a whole bunch of victory points somehow Mm -hmm. um so you see like a perfect blending there and that's why like i think i have a lot of respect for sidereal confluence now after understanding like 
how does asymmetry work in these games? How does like the deal making work? What's valuable? Like what is value? And I can't imagine yeah. playtesting that game and then being like, yeah, these races are balanced. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. exactly. Sure. How? <laughs> I my favorite is reading the strategies online because I'm like, I I just can't grasp it. Nope. <laughs> because yeah. people are like, well, if you're this race, this is how you should start. I'm yeah. Like I don't know, man. I just trade whatever I can. <laughs> I just do the thing. Just get what I get. Yeah. So. That to me, like this is one of those genres that tends to leave people either like they really love it or they kind of hate it. Like it's 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 a very polarizing genre. You definitely have to be want to have the willingness to trade. Like oh yeah, you want to make a deal. But if you're like kind of like an introvert kind of person, like trading might not be so easy. Yeah, or if you're like overly hyper competitive yeah mm-hmm. these games probably aren't for you because people are just going to get annoyed with how bad your trades are don't, for them yeah, yeah don't you you have to be some give and take like you can't win every trade yeah mm-hmm. you have mm-hmm. to take some losses sometimes like or I, at least make an even trade oh yeah if i'm very quick if someone's like offering me what i immediately go is oh no that's a great trade for you and a horrible trade for me I just won't look at them and I'll just mm-hmm. go to someone else and yeah. I'm not going to wait for you to even reoffer. I'm just going to go elsewhere. No. Yeah. If we're close, we can negotiate. Yeah. But if you're so far off, I'm yeah. just going to be like, if you're not in good faith, like negotiating and trading with people, yeah. then you definitely get punished in these style of games. Oh, for too. sure. Because people aren't going to trade yeah. with you. Like I'm not going to take you seriously. Like the, Yeah. The yeah. other uh, possible downside, and this is for gaming. If you're part of a gaming group uh, that is full of people that are intelligent, so not our gaming group. No. <laughs> I don't even know if then that's a thing that exists. I, yeah. I could what see. Are in, what are intelligent gamers? Where is a intelligent gamer? Well, sometimes Ray and Rick come over. Yeah. 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 And then I, other times they come out of state. Like yeah. we used to play with Andre and Squid and yeah. Scott. And yeah. We play with, and we lose. But we have fun. But yeah. I have fun. But I enjoy my time. But I could easily see a group that like if you understood all of the roles and you understood the value of different things, depending on what game you're playing then it would be easy for a very good, a very experienced player to basically be shut out of deals because people don't want them to win. Sure. And like that would be mm-hmm. frustrating if you're playing with like a very cutthroat group of people. So uh, there are some downsides to trading games, but in our group, when we don't understand half of what's going yeah. on, mm-hmm. like I, it's, it's a blast. I also don't want you guys to win, but I also don't know how to stop it. Yeah. <laughs> like it's just going to happen. I One of us is going to fall into the victory. I don't yeah. want you to win, but I need those green cubes. But I need, like, I don't want you to win, but I do want to run this machine. So yeah, uh, it is what it is. That's the thing I've always liked about trading games is because like when you, when you're driving a hard bargain and like whoever you're negotiating with and you whenever you finally come to that agreement, it's so satisfying. Yeah. yeah. Cause like you've helped out your friend, you've helped out yourself. And oh no, I don't want to help out you. That's not the satisfying. <laughs> if I could get a trade, but yeah, hopefully that, you helped yourself out more. Like if like, I could just get what I need and not give you anything, that'd that, be very yeah, satisfying. That would be ideal. <laughs> that would be ideal. Like to the, but yeah, it's just, it's very satisfying to just maybe it's like, it's nice to hand, it's nice to do a deal. It is. I mean, I, I love a trading game. <laughs> yeah. I, I absolutely yeah. love it. Trading games in video games. Terrible. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. something about handing physical components as well as like yelling across a table that makes a trading game super fun. That is my like the beginning of any trading game. Like the few first few seconds are so wild because <laughs> it's just yelling. It's just like yeah, you're trying to get the number one thing you want most because yeah. everybody's plentiful on goods. It's not these aren't like the scraping the bo- bottom of the barrel goods. Yeah, these are like <laughs> the good are, stuff. These are prime this USDA prime, grade A this is the prime goods. Yeah. So you got to be heard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So like I, I'd like to wrap this all up by saying like on a personal note, 
uh, I'm really thankful that I've gotten the opportunity to do these topics yeah. the last 50 episodes because I've learned a whole lot about the hobby. I've gotten a chance to teach you guys some cool stuff. And I mean, like even tonight we like bought a game just now, like yeah. uh, off of some stuff that I just kind of, that's a good deal. I think I yeah. kind of just found a hundred year old game, <laughs> <laughs> right? You know, it's been a lot of fun and like interacting with all the people online who reach out like and talk yeah. and, you know, from countries I never would have considered ever like yeah, that's having conversations with before. I mean, we have regularly talked to people from Argentina and Great Britain and all sorts of places. Yeah, I, that, I love that so much because it says to me, like, we get to be a part of this massive community where all of us share exactly the same thing in common. I just want to sit down with my friends and play some board games. Mm -hmm. And we've talked about it, about going to conventions, too. Like, I've been to Gen Con a couple of times. I've been to a PAX Unplugged. I've been to board game conventions. But then I've also been to Comic-Con. And, like, the feeling of the people around you at a video game convention is completely different. Yeah than the camaraderie, which is the feeling of board game conventions. It, it's mm -hmm. so easy at a board game convention to go up to a table if some people are playing, like, hey, can I get in on this? And, like, I've never been turned away. Like, No, I've even just seen a game that I wanted to see and been that people are already playing and be like, hey, can I sit and watch? Yeah. And then you'll sit down and watch, and they will explain it to you yeah. as they're playing the yeah. game. And, mm -hmm. like, that's just normal. It's, it's a it's a good community for sure. And, yeah. And pretty inclusive for as far as communities go for oh, sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which is sure. always nice. I mean, it's a blast doing this, but it's also nice getting that feedback, talking to people from all over the world. And I think that's such a cool thing because not everything's like that, right? Like I can be a huge football fan, but I'm not going to talk to some dude in uh, Japan about American football. They don't care. Like mm -hmm. it's not a thing there, but board games are so universal. Mm -hmm. Everybody likes board games. Yeah, I can always find that's these people. <laughs> and because these games are translated in so many languages that it, it's like I'm playing the same game as somebody mm -hmm. in France is playing, as somebody in Italy's playing. And it's just, mm -hmm. it's an awesome experience. That's one of my favorite things we do to each other sometimes you'll buy a board game you'll sit down and be like hey check these rules out and then you give them like the, the french, french. <laughs> version of the rules. <laughs> and then i yeah. start to read it out loud yeah and i'm sorry and france it's totally <laughs> fluent it's amazing yeah. yeah i think i i think for sure this whole experience has been like such a bewildering thing where i, I normally thought I, I when we started this whole thing i never in a million years would have thought that anybody would listen would listen to it <laughs> like it's it's well the first shocking. couple episodes i listened to i was like mm, should mm. we keep doing this yeah. <laughs> is this a good idea is like good idea? is this hurting my brand <laughs> my goal was to get three downloads per episode yeah, and where, yeah. Dan doesn't listen, so two of them were me. Yeah, <laughs> I, it is pretty rare of me to listen to an episode after mm -hmm. it's done. Yeah, thanks guys. Like we really 50 appreciate episodes. fifty episodes. It's like it only took us three years. <laughs> <laughs> fifty episodes, and between forty nine and fifty took us like a month and a half. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. So some of that was pandemic time. You know. Yeah, I mean, it, it happens. Like it, everybody's it life's busy. We don't make money on this, so it's like, <laughs> yeah. This is yeah. a money losing process. Yeah, it is hard. It is hard to prioritize sometimes if I could go somewhere and make money or yeah. record a podcast. Mm -hmm. It's like a toss yeah. up. But yeah. yeah, yeah, it's awesome. So if, if you guys ever have any questions, uh, shoot us an email, randomdrawpodcast at gmail.com. Check our Facebook page, our Instagram, mm -hmm. our, I, our, not iTunes, our, well, you could check our iTunes. It's, <laughs> we own iTunes. It's check awesome. my iTunes. <laughs> check, check my iTunes. Man, that page. would be a whole different lifestyle. Yeah, for but sure. Let me tell you, I would devote a lot of time to this podcast if we owned iTunes. If I owned iTunes, <laughs> yeah. yeah, for real. Uh, but yeah, check us out. Uh, I don't uh, update update Instagram a lot. I'm gonna try to do it a little more because it's just it. I mean, it doesn't fit my day. Yeah, <laughs> it sounds yeah. so weird, but it just doesn't. It's fit hard. My day. It's hard when you're working, you know, full time and working full time. Got another job. Like it's yeah. just a, it's you're summertime. hustling hard over there, baby. Yeah, I don't know. 
Yeah. It's <laughs> summertime is busier than other times. Yeah. 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 And so, uh, here's what I'll say. It was a little bit of light log rolling for myself. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah sure. uh, Dave and I have been feverishly working on uh, the paranormal podcast that we released. Uh, it's called The Occluded. Um, we basically uh, just dropped three episodes about Gettysburg. We did them on the anniversary of Gettysburg, July 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. It's like, uh, what, year 158? Yeah. After uh, the Civil War. Give those a listen. If you like creepy yeah. stories, if you like history, if you want to learn more about like all the weird stuff in the world, we're going to have season two coming out, hopefully before too long. So yeah, and Dave, awesome. Dave does a really good job editing it. It's a lot of fun. I will say two notes about the Gettysburg thing. First of all, some of the best writing that I've uh, gotten the pleasure to edit so far. Oh, hey, I, thanks, man. I appreciate throw it. Throw that wonderful yeah, thing Normally it's garbage. But this <laughs> yeah, no, normally. Like, it's well written, but like uh, as an editor, like you're so detached from it because I'm editing out flubs and all sorts of mouth noises. Right. But this one, like there were certain times when I found myself actually being engaged with the material despite editing it. And mm-hmm. that is actually a, quite the compliment. And number two, Mark has real trouble saying the term ethereal fingers. <laughs> I really I, do. It I was, was so mad. Oh, God, it was so funny. <laughs> I was so mad. It was like 12 takes of him trying to say ethereal fingers. Yeah. And then there was a long pause where he said some other words I had edited out. <laughs> <laughs> It's a lot of fun. And, uh, you should just make that into like a super cut. Yeah. Messing up ethereal fingers over Me and over. Me just botching line reads over and over. That's and hilarious. Over. So, yeah, if you guys want to take a listen to that, that'd be really cool. Yep. Um, we're going to be updating season two. Say it again. The uh, the occluded. Yeah. It's on everywhere, right? Everywhere you can get a podcast. Yeah, everywhere you want to be. Uh, the, the only place I had a hiccup was Stitcher. I've reached out, and I think we're working on a fix for that. So if you if you like to listen to podcasts on Stitcher, it'll be kind of hard to find there, but hopefully it'll be updated. Eh, by the long. time this episode comes out, it'll be everywhere you yeah, want to be. Yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> bye. 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 Oh, yeah. Bye. Episode 50. And now for something completely different. It was a $40 haircut, but it, it also mean, was... Even, uh, even tipping him 10 bucks, like that dude still made 50 bucks an hour. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's the longest haircut I've ever had. Oh, really? Yeah, so it's it's really funny. I So I, I go in there, and I'm, like, already kind of nervous anyway mm-hmm. because, like, I, I don't, like, change in my general <laughs> self. Yeah. Like, I'm okay with status quo forever and ever. <laughs> this is the most drastic change I've ever seen from you in, in all of the years that I've known you. Yeah, it's a big – It's a. It's, I've, I felt, like, really naked while it was happening. <laughs> That's what I will say. But just to be clear, you weren't. I, I had pants on and everything. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, I was yeah. wearing a shirt, but I was wearing pants. You yeah, know what? Yeah. That's fair. I feel like that did need to be clarified. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I've had a version of The Young Republican for probably about seven or eight years now. Yeah. And I was like, well, you know, Jack's been, like, kind of pushing me to go, like, try something new, try something new. I said, all right, well, what's, like... The You're trendier like, fine, version. We're breaking up. <laughs> right? So I said, what's gotcha. the, I said, what's the what's the trendier version of the young Republican? I'll take the alt right, please. Yeah. <laughs> so I got in the chair and I was like, all right. So I kind of started to explain to him what I what I wanted, and he was like, all right, yeah, we can make that happen. He's like, it'll look good on your hair, your head. You got a nice head for it. <laughs> and uh, you know what? Like I know you. that that's a compliment, but I still feel <laughs> weird about it. <laughs> so he gets he gets like most of the way through it, and then he shows me, and he's like, what he's just given me is less alt-right and more hitler youth (laughs) (laughs) and i'm like "Ooh, can we like even things up a little bit and he's like oh yeah no problem man 
like, how far down do you want to go? And I was like, use your discretion, I guess. Yeah, yeah. to not Hitler youth. Yeah, yeah, I said, you've done a really good job not giving me a skin fade, and I really appreciate that. Right. Like, it's only just not a skin fade. It but is close. It's really close. It's close. Yeah. It's like a, a half. <laughs> yeah. Well, Dave was like, I was like trying to tell Dave, like, what the measurement was, and yeah. he was like, I was like, if it's not a one... Yeah, because I always do a two. Yeah. I always do a two on the sides and back because one is is short. This is, I think, a one. Yeah, one short. Yeah, I think he I think he went lower than a one at the bottom, and yeah. then he faded up to a one. And there's always those people who are like, oh, we should just do, like, straight razor. Like, <laughs> no, no, thank you. Right? <laughs> Although I do love the straight razor on the back of your neck and, like, under your ears. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah but... he, I mean, he man, he went all out, too. This was an hour-long haircut, longest oh, haircut I've ever gotten. Wild. Yeah, he, like hit me with the straight razor up top too to yeah. add texture to my hair oh, okay. which is like i really needed that's, that thank yeah, you that's fancy and then uh he like lined he lined me up like up top up here with this yeah. with a straight blade at like at my brow yeah he, like, those eyebrows are looking good mark oh yeah it was good <laughs> that's, not, that's not what lined up means <laughs> no i think he also threaded his eyebrows yeah he threaded my eyebrows too it was, it was like a whole thing just lean back and relax yeah yeah, yeah gave why? you a eucalyptus smelling <laughs> towel he's like i'm gonna hook you up son and then, um, yeah, basically, like, he's like, all right, well, um, I'm going to do your beard, too. And I was like, I've never had my beard professionally done by anybody. Yeah, me neither. Almost, I told him almost not to do it. Right. Because I haven't really, like, touched it since October. Yeah. I said, well, I don't know. And he's like, no, trust me, you need it. Then like, you just we, hear <laughs> Jackie's voice in your head, like, try <laughs> something different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, all right, go for it. So, yeah, he lined up my beard and, like, shaved yeah, it, it down good. and it everything. Fresh. And, I know. I felt fresh. I've yeah. like never not, walked. Not Hitler Youth at all. Not Hitler Youth at all. Oh, yeah. so, uh, we've split the difference and landed on Timmy McVeigh. <laughs> oh, man. If you if you rolled in here with like the old horseshoe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Yo, can funny. I get a brush cut up in here, please? <laughs> Give me a half stadium on top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, uh, yeah, it's a great barbershop. If you're ever in the area and you want like a nice uh, local taste of Rehoboth. A lot of scratch, though. It's like $40. Yeah. yeah, so. I guess that's not... With tip, I probably spend around 32 or 30. Yeah. Something. And I feel like he earned it because let me tell you, like, there's a lot happening everywhere yeah. on my head. The longer I go without a haircut, the more my tip is. Oh, <laughs> man. When, when I got my year and a half cut off, I tipped him more than the haircut. Yeah. Yeah. And my hair's like so thick and coarse and like mm -hmm. I imagine hard to cut because every time they start messing with it, they're like, that's a lot of hair. I'm like, okay, I, yeah, I know. <laughs> Like, I'll give you some money for it. Yeah, it's fine. don't worry. It's coming your way. But yeah, my haircuts are normally pretty quick, and I there's nothing that aggravates me more than when they're talking to you, right? And then they stop cutting your hair oh, to yeah, talk yeah, to yeah, you. Yeah. Like, no, 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 no. Like, keep going. Mm -hmm. We're not friends. I don't want to hang out with you. Yeah. Well, and also, this is how you make money. Like, the more hairs you cut per hour, right. the more monies you will make. Right. Yeah. You should be churning people out of yeah. this. But it's also, like, I grew up going to military barbershops. I had a flat top for much of my life. <laughs> Listen. And let me tell you, it was $5. Yep, well yep. Mil military, <laughs> military haircuts are no joke those dudes have razors hooked up to vacuums yep. uh -huh. and they just like hit hey, <laughs> you just give them like what, what do you want like high fade and they don't talk to you yeah they're yelling at each other <laughs> like yep. and it's over in like five minutes it's amazing yeah and they are not gentle no, no. they are not <laughs> just like jam that thing in your no, head but no. then but then they go that'll be 350 and you yeah. give them a fiver and say keep it <laughs> uh, <laughs> Real the, magnanimous, like the only time I've ever seen those guys mad is 
one dude had like like a mole on his head, and oh. they did not tell him. And those dudes, oh, again, yeah. they're not gentle, so they, they just like, Wah! and dude's bleeding. Oh, this yeah. guy's just yelling at him, like, you got to tell people that. You can't just like, <laughs> gotta let them know. It's like, oh, my gosh. The barber at the at Faded, he he hit the back of my neck with a uh, with a straight razor, too. Oh, yeah. And like I have like a mole that's like right oh, in the middle of my neck that I, that I always tell people about. And like, <laughs> I got a mole back there. Be careful, because like I don't want to like bleed all over your chair. Yeah. But because Dave and I were talking about that, like, what would happen if somebody clipped off a mole? Like, I don't know. I don't know what happened. You just there. bleed for a while, right? Like, yeah, that's it's not like integral to your no, survival. No, but I, mean, no like, I just figured it would be like a very long press time. Like, if you take out an IV, you're supposed to hold pressure for like one minute, or yeah. if you take out a pick line, it's like fifteen to twenty yeah, minutes. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I I pr- assume it's pick time. Yeah. Like it's pick line time. This guy's got to hold my head for fifteen <laughs> minutes. Yeah, I've got like a crater in my skull from uh, where he took off my mole. Yeah, but. But then you still like tip them extra, and then, like, then you think of t- how much money you would have paid a doctor to remove that same yeah. mold. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're coming yeah. out on top yeah. for sure. I mean, that's... I would tip them even more. If that, like, <laughs> yeah. if they cut my mole off, <laughs> like I can imagine they feel bad. Like, yeah, I don't it's, feel it's, great. It's but, traumatic like... for everybody involved yeah, in the room. <laughs> so sorry, but it was so much less than my copay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Man, this was, I was gonna drop fifty bucks on this, but yeah, I right. got my mole removed and a cut. Nice. So. I mean, really, if it's valuable. That's it's good. It's good value. Good value. <laughs> We're going to see Fits in the Tantrums tomorrow. Ooh, rad! Mm-hmm. At the Freeman stage, so you buy a pod. Okay. Which oh, is interesting. Like a circle. Yeah. And four people can go fit mm-hmm. in this circle. What Who's four that? people oh. are going? Three of Amber's friends and apparently me. Oh, nice. So Did you get Amber's not going? Huh? I bought. Oh, Amber. I'm not going with Amber's friends. Amber and two of her friends. Oh, okay. no, no, no. <laughs> you are like, going. And me. He's like, Amber's which friends. three of Amber's friends no, are you no, going no, no, with? No, no. <laughs> She, two of her friends are from nursing school are down, and they're out in Rehoboth now. Oh, God bless them. Things, yeah. They're going to Dewey tonight. It's like, wow, good luck. I'm going to play <laughs> oh, no. video games. No, 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 no. You so, don't want to do yeah, that. Right if now. you're not familiar with the area, look up Dewey Beach. It's wild. Yeah. But tomorrow, so we're going to this pod. And we bought the tickets a while ago, and then it was, like, really expensive for this fits in the tantrums which is they're cool i guess yeah let me see your hands clap i know like every song on the radio is theirs that's yeah. what i yeah. learned <laughs> yep. i go yep. i don't know who that is and then she played me like 20 songs and i was like i know every one i know every single one i, <laughs> I, I, know I said the same thing when i went and saw hollow notes a couple years ago fits yeah. in the tantrums opened for them oh yeah like oh, wow, and i was I like every... wow apparently i know every fits in the tantrums that's song what ever. i didn't know fits in the tantrums is what i didn't know <laughs> i knew all of their music yeah but i like i so i'm already awkward like at a concert i'm okay because you're all jammed together mm-hmm. So it's like if I like dance a little bit, I don't really care. Nobody <laughs> can even see me because we're on top of each other. Right. But if everybody's in their individual pods, there's no way I'm dancing because it's like a human zoo. So like these <laughs> these pods are like far from each other. Yeah. Not far, like six feet from each other. Yeah. So I don't need other people to be like, oh, look at that giant pale idiot. <laughs> Just not dancing. A lot of shoulders. Yeah. Yep. Look I told, at that gyrating ginger. What's I, he yeah, doing? I told Amber I'm bringing a chair and I'm going to cross my arms <laughs> and I will, I will tap my foot. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's, all. Well, that's a lot of fun. You're going to be yeah, like an I'm, old man on a porch. That's exactly what I'm I was like, I don't even know what I'm going to wear. I'm going to wear this like a polo shirt and a pair of shorts and some sandals mm-hmm. and I'm get, you, sit get there. you some sunglasses get some sunglasses what time does the show start not till seven okay yeah so you got it. it'll be cool but if it's dark out there but it doesn't get dark till like nine also nine, with the yeah. amount of lights on a stage like well it the probably... lights are pointed at the stage so i'm not gonna be up there mm-hmm. well i mean at, you figure around at, nine o'clock you're gonna play money grabber so like <laughs> that's that's the time i wonder if they have an opener 
for oh yeah but i, I mean they would have to right like no idea yeah. i don't know how the freeman sage works i've never been there yeah i almost went and saw a yacht rock review there <laughs> <laughs> that's not a joke wait have you no i saw yacht that rock the, i saw that have we reviewed yacht rock the game yet we have not that's reviewed terrible. yacht rock the game Here, here's my review it's crap <laughs> let's do it on this episode it's let's, re- let's review yacht rock yacht rock review yeah. double thumbs down yeah Dan this isn't it. a game all right so we're doing yacht rock let me add that one another thing all right this is a dull activity at <laughs> real lame activity and i hate it <laughs> what's the last concert you saw yeah. i saw jars of clay at the bottle and cork that's the last concert i saw whoa he, what year is it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it oh, was man. not recently <laughs> yeah i would say not i'm trying to think oh, who's booking jars of clay these days yeah, right. dude they were good in concert <laughs> i'm trying to think of the Here's band a- we saw in rehoboth five years ago uh-huh. and they have one hit Okay. One one hit wonder, and it, I thought it was just some local crap band. Was it Chumbawamba? No, no, I would have recognized Chumbawamba Day. <laughs> did uh, they just play Get Knocked Down over and over? Again? <laughs> it's they, like an hour and a half they of that. Did a Forty minute version. <laughs> no, uh, it's like Toto's Africa. That's just most of the concert. Send me on my way. What what's that? Oh, uh, man, what was the name of that group? Send me on my way. No. Word song. No, no, <laughs> Rusted that's, Root. That's Kansas. Rusted Root. So. So, so we're in Rehoboth when it was the old dogfish, like the small one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So we were there at the bar, which is almost like shoulder to the wall. So there's like nothing in there. Oh, yeah. That restaurant was tiny. It was so, great, though. The atmosphere it was, was so awesome. great. So these guys are playing. I'm like, okay, I don't know any of this music. Like who comes and plays originals? Like yeah. no one wants to hear it. And then they play uh, Send Me On My Way. And I go, oh my God, I, I know this song. Why'd they do one cover? And the guy at the bar is like, no, that's Rusted Root. And I was just like, <laughs> I was like, it's kind of like depressing for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> like it makes everybody feel like, bad. I'm depressed. The do Rusted Root dudes are <laughs> depressed because the people are like walking by him to go to the bathroom. <laughs> it, was a, it was a wild time but yeah. i guess i saw rusted root that was a long time ago though but we we definitely went to firefly and that was cool uh i mean it wasn't it wasn't it was cool seeing all those bands but it was very hot it, but sticky. it was a million <laughs> degrees and it's just like a dust bowl out there so yeah and there was rumor that it was gonna rain and everybody said if it rains it's amazing out there uh-huh. it's because it's like muddy and oh, wild oh, yeah. but like it did not rain did not rain. Like 95 degrees. No, that sucks. And they're like, well, I need some water. And they're like, well, there's a beer cart there. <laughs> I said water. No, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm trying not to die. <laughs> yeah. It's like that time I went to June Jam. <laughs> yeah, I went to Welcome June Jam. Welcome to June Jam. Yeah. Have you, uh, you guys ever heard of the June Jam? I, believe, I have not. Believe it or not, I haven't. Yeah. So <laughs> In a shocking turn there, of events. There for a while, this was Delaware's premiere Sorry, let me let me clarify. This was Southern Delaware's premiere. <laughs> okay. I like how we've lessened the population <laughs> drastically. It was like their premiere, like jam band outdoor festival setting, right? So like you just roll up. It was in Houston, Delaware. Okay. Like if you're not familiar with geography of Delaware, uh, Houston is a town that was somehow smaller than my hometown we're, in Oklahoma. Like I'm going to assume that 99% yeah. of our listeners are not this is a, <laughs> intimately acquainted. We're doing a lot of Delaware talk. Yeah, we're just, there's like a it. lot of Delaware yeah. talk. Yeah. Welcome yeah. To Epi- the- episode 50, Delaware, <laughs> Delaware talk. talk. Welcome to the second smallest state podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, welcome to the Diamond State Podcast. Yeah. Oh, man, I love it. Dude, when I first moved here, there were uh, there were like 800,000 people in the whole state. Yeah. Now we're over a million. So like, We're it's, big time now. It's growing. I mean, there's more people 
We're, we're However, almost the size of a big city. Yeah. <laughs> but not, no, but we're almost the size of a small I, city. I'm, I mean, population wise. Yeah. Also, Wilmington, vast majority of yeah, those people. Yeah, for sure. Not Southern Delaware. Uh, according to the Census oh, Bureau okay. information, Good. Delaware has more people. Yeah. Tell me what cities we have more people than. Than cities see. we haven't heard of because they're so small. Is it St. Paul? No way, right? Let's see. No, St. Paul's got to have more people than us. Uh, the problem is St. Paul has um, uh, <laughs> Minneapolis, right? This is the 200 largest cities in the U.S. by population. Okay, good. All right, so we're going to have to go down the list. Okay, actually, we don't have to go that far down oh, the list. Oh, okay. All right, I will give you a couple of these uh, cities, and you'll tell me if we have fewer or more. <laughs> Less than. Yeah, get less. <laughs> it would absolutely be less. Uh, good for me. All right. Uh, Delaware or El Paso, Texas? El Paso. Oh, uh, uh, I go, I I go, go Delaware. No, I go El Paso. Hold on. Let me just make sure I got the Delaware population from the 2020 census. Yeah, make sure it's up to date. I okay. Don't be... <laughs> we would want some old population. Uh, there are which more... is actually what we have. We have an old population. <laughs> That's yeah. for sure. All right. There are more people who live in Delaware than El Paso. What's El Paso got going? El Paso has 685,000. Oh, my I would have thought that was a bigger city. Yeah. I don't All right. know anything about them. No. <laughs> oh, this is a good one. Okay. okay. What about Delaware yeah. or San Francisco, California? Oh, come on. It's got to be San Francisco. I don't think it is. I think it's Delaware. Is it because San Francisco, like most of its suburbs that don't count as the city? Yeah. That would make sense, actually, I guess. Yeah, it but might be it Delaware. Still then. be over a million people. Go ahead, Mark. Dying to tell us. <laughs> yeah, I am. Yeah, those uh, freshly shorn eyebrows were really raised. <laughs> mm, mm, mm. <laughs> Delaware has more people than San Francisco, yeah, San California, Francisco's by about a hundred thousand people. Yeah, because like Santa Clara and all the like that's it's, not considered. It's got to be the suburbs, yeah, yeah. But really. Okay, here we go. This is a good one. Fort Worth, Texas, or Delaware? I don't know. I lived in Fort Worth, Texas is for it, a while. How many people live there? I don't, well, once I left, I'm sure it was less than Delaware. <laughs> <laughs> Fort Worth. Um, I'm Te- going. Fort, Fort Worth, Worth is less. Texas. Is that where the Cowboys practice? Uh, the Cowboys pl- practice in Irving, I believe. Oh, but that's they right, play in that's Arlington. Right. When it's all part of like the Metroplex up down there. I'll say Fort Worth has... I think Fort Worth has more. More? I'll say more. I don't know. Or sorry, less. I think it has less. You think I don't know anything about Fort Worth. I'll say more. Okay. Ooh, just for the sake of conflict? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so Delaware actually has 40,000 more people than Fort 40, Worth, 40,000? Yeah. That, uh, yeah. that is like it easily a miscounted census could have shifted yeah. that. Yeah. All right. Last one. Delaware or San Jose, California? San Jose, Ooh. California. It's pretty big, but... But once again, like, how big is the metro area compared to... How big to is it? How suburban? big is it? Uh, I'm going to go Delaware wins. I'll say San Jose. I uh, don't think it's so, though. But I'll say it because it's the opposite <laughs> of what Dave said. <laughs> so Delaware has 989,948 people living in it. San Jose has 1,009,340. Oh. So just barely San just Jose. barely San Jose. Barely go San Jose. San Jose? Yeah. They have the sharks. Well, our population's weird, though, because we have a lot of people moving here, but then it's so old, we also have a lot of people dying. Yeah. So when, yeah. I don't know whether that's up or down. <laughs> but these are winter numbers. You give, Yeah, that's fair. Give me, some, <laughs> yeah, give me like, summer numbers. Yeah, oh, man. I mean, summer numbers. I mean, they, say, they always say Rehoboth like, swells like a million residents, but I don't that's, know. How is that possible? Well, that's, I, that's what I read on WMDT, but also they're... Sort of fashy, so who knows? <laughs> I know that the year before COVID, so the last real summer, normal summer yeah. we had, um, we had almost a million and a half tourists come That's through. Wild the beach area. for the whole summer. Yeah, for the whole summer. That's a lot of a lot of people spend uh, a lot of money. More people came through our beaches than, than live, live in, in our Delaware. state. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, like that is crazy to think that about. Is well, 
Should we just start a Delaware podcast? I think we should. <laughs> I mean, well, I think we already are a Delaware yeah, podcast. Yeah, that's, no, I mean, that's the just, big announcement is that we only... <laughs> <laughs> episode 51, Delaware, Delaware podcast. This is our last board that's game right. podcast. No, uh, no, we'll no. Call we will the, only uh, talk about board games from, from Delaware. Delaware. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll call it oh, the Blue man. Hen podcast. I know <laughs> one board game manufacturer in Wilmington. I know. Oh, yeah. Who's that? I don't know. He's. I message him on Instagram. Because it was like a cool game, and I'm like, oh, let me learn more about that game. And the guy's like, yo, from Wilmington. I was like, oh, my gosh. I messaged him. I, we live in southern Delaware. He put us – Delaware. <laughs> <laughs> he put us on a, on his um, media list. Oh, that's so I cool. get emails from there as well. Oh, nice. A friend of mine who works here at the radio station with me, just he loves inventing games. And uh, I actually just play-tested a game with him last week that is really neat. So I'll probably get us a copy of it. We'll <laughs> that try is, it out. Yeah, that that's a neat. Delaware video game. That is video neat. Game, board game. That is neat. That is really neat. It's really neat. <laughs> was that your, like... Uh, that was my hot take. I had that... a couple notes, but... Oh, you... <laughs> my biggest hot take was that it was a good... Oh, this is neat. neat. Oh, this is really neat, you know? <laughs> oh, wow, wow, oh, wow, wow. Really neat. <laughs> wow. Yeah, wow, Dave went neat. full on Midwestern yeah. Monk. That's oh, my, really neat, you know? Oh Wilson my, that's it. really neat. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Game over, man. Game over!